Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's reference, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment of Classic Horror Retrospective Franchise. I'm your host, and join... Uh, no, Al White is... <laughs> I can't speak. I'm your host. Moving on. Uh, I'm you know Scott who White. I am You fucking know And uh, I'm the person who annoys you every Friday And yet you keep tuning in So it's your own fault It's called perpetual self-abuse What is happening? We all know it You short-circuited I'm off the rails <laughs> I think it's because I can't see some of the things that are happening right now But we'll Have get to that Have you already started drinking? Yeah Oh, no one filled me in on that I mean, I'm just Some you know, in my smoothie Expected Ooh. We are covering a movie's called vhs's this is going great <laughs> not called the betamaxes not called the umds laser the disc. VHSs. not the laser discs what else we got that's it that's all the mediums you say no, blu-ray no, no because we would <laughs> vcd we vcd oh vcd i loved some vcd yeah me although it sounds a little bit like a sexual disease it now. does um <laughs> Joining me, the beautiful tones that you just heard, Alexander Chard. Hello. And another Al, Alison Holland. Hello. The three Owls together again. I am excited to talk, as you can hear in the tone of my voice. But if you're new to us, hello and welcome. Please head on out to We Are Geeks on all of your devices. And I mean every single one that you own in the house, including your amp, including, you know, your curlers, including the thing that you might keep in a box under your bed. Get them all out, find us, rate us, subscribe to us. It helps us out a whole damn bunch because we do all this free. We don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads. And by the love of everything staticky, we're not going to try and sell you any pet wipes. No, smooth <laughs> mason jar smoothies. No, we went with pet wipes and then you did like this fanning motion. <laughs> pet wipes. Pet wipes. As if you were just displaying an array of pet wipes. It was like the SpongeBob imagination move. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to try and sell you any pet wipes because we need them. Um, basically, uh, if you want to see these beautiful, hilarious motions that Alex is doing with this fan, then weekly at the moment, maybe not by the time you listen to this, who knows, but we're going to try to be uh, streaming these shows on Instagram as well as on, what are we doing? Zoom, Zoom. if you want to see the full conversation. Because Instagram only allows us to do two people. So you'll get a two thirds of the conversation <laughs> on Instagram or you can come to Zoom and hear the whole thing. Drop in, drop out, leave some comments and we'll answer your questions at the end of the show in the new thing that we're trying that we'll probably give up in a couple of weeks time. Although a joy uh, of the following the Instagram live stream is that you'll get moments of two of us sitting in silence. Yeah. And nodding. <laughs> So if your life really just needs extra contemplative time shared with virtual strangers, <laughs> that's the way to go. Instagram's going to be your friend. Follow me, Mr. Al White, on Instagram for all of those posts, um, and you can then you know, easily find out where we're doing it, when we're doing it, what that code is for Zoom, and all of that stuff. All right. Before we look at the year that was VHS 2, 2013, gets 6 out of 10, by the way, on the IMDb. <laughs> 
actually what? higher. It higher went higher? It went up. It the went up. to a horror film that went up. We do like to look at the landscape that was 2013. We all remember it. All of us were alive, weren't we? Functioning mm. adults. Yeah. I mean, functioning adult is debatable, but okay. I well, was around. So directly the year after the release of VHS, they fired it It was. Out. It was. We're going to get to see annual trends. Somebody has the worldwide box office. Who is it? That's me, Al. Oh, bring it out, buddy. <laughs> Coming in at number 10, some say this is the best Thor film. Thor, The Dark World. <laughs> you know who does think it's the best Thor film? Clearly, the fucking MCU, because it's the film, one of the like four films that they do use time travel for in Endgame is Thor, The Dark World. Never saw it. Endgame. Me either. <laughs> yeah, what's Endgame? Thor? Who's Thor? When they go back, that's what they're going into. They're going to Thor Dark World era, which is like, what are you doing? That's the film you choose to celebrate in your time travel, you nightmares. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know how much it made? Only 644 million worldwide. Poultry. I would yeah. scoff at Peanuts. that kind of box office Peanuts. return, Alex. Coming to number nine, kicking off the DCEU is Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Which, let, let's just be clear, it should be the... Uh, is that what they call it now the extended universe how did that happen do they call it that I thought they call it that DCEU DCEU well yeah, yeah it's extended universe isn't yeah. it because I know there are a lot of people just call it the DCU like the, which doesn't work it should be the DCCU like the DC cinematic universe hmm. oh my god <laughs> uh, Man of Seal hot mess I enjoyed this film I enjoy the bits that feel the flashbacks that feel like they're Terrence Malick y- yeah for sure, absolutely. But you didn't like the Dragon Ball stuff? Didn't like the Dragon Ball finale. <laughs> and I don't like the opening actually on Krypton very much, but there are some bits at the beginning I do like quite a lot in this movie. Coming in number eight, Gravity. I love this film. Unapologetically Pretty. love it. I think it's absolutely a filmmaker's film though. You know, it's like, I know, I think most people in the industry really love it because it just does a lot of great filmmaker things. And I know a lot of public who are just like, <laughs> Sandra Bullock in space? <laughs> She's a woman. She was, I mean, she was in Speed 2 Cruise Control. If she can handle that boat, she can handle George Clooney in space, let me tell you. Coming in number seven, the sequel to Monsters, Inc., Monsters University. So what would be the next one? The Monsters Unemployment? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Monsters paying taxes. Although I guess they're working backwards, aren't they? So it would be Monster High. Monsters High. That's true. Monster, Monster High is High. a good name. Yeah, yeah, it's a great name. Get on it, Pixar. Lazy. <laughs> Dragging you. I only put out two films this year. <laughs> Lazy. Coming in number six. Everyone knows this franchise. Fast and Furious 6. You remember when Pixar used to put out one film every six years? Yeah. Now they put out two in one year. At least. And minimum. we wondered why the quality went down. <laughs> Coming in number five. We spoke about the uh, first one came out the year before. This is The Hunger Games Catching Fire. It's the best one. The best one. Alex, I'm telling you, it's the also, best one. Also, uh, Sean says. I agree. There's no, there's no debate. Everybody agues Because this one's the most Battle royale one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, which, to be clear, Battle Royale is the best Hunger Games movie by miles. <laughs> uh, but if, you, if for some reason you don't like blood or, you know, Japanese people screaming, then fine. I like both those things. Coming number four. <laughs> the Hobbit. Row. The Desolation Dad of row. Smog. Is it smog or smog? I never know. I don't know. Smog? Smog? How about it's smog? Smog. 
<laughs> Smeg. Maybe no one's ever asked him. Does he ever say his name? Uh, that's a good point. No, no one's watched the movie, so nobody knows. Coming in at number three, Despicable Me 2. Yep. It was made. The only thing I like about this franchise is the first 10 minutes in the Minions movie where you see them through the history of time. Mm. Okay. Never seen it. I liked the it's Michael Jackson like, in the trailer. That's not a good you thing did, to say you right You did now. like the Michael Jackson <laughs> in the trailer. So I remember being with you when we watched that and you were very excited. Probably dancing. So yesterday, I think in 2012, we had four or five films break the billion dollar mark. This year, it's only the top two, both earning $1.2 billion. The number one just sneaking ahead by a fraction. So coming into number two, any or any guesses what our top two is? Well, again, it's annual. It's got to be another Marvel movie in the top two. But had Star Wars started by this point? No, I don't think so. Had it? Had it? No. Fuck. So what else would it be, Ali? Got to be an, another animated movie, probably, hmm. or something Disney-fied. Did they bring back pirates or some bullshit at that point? You're you're on the right track. You're figuring it out. Coming oh, in number God. two is Iron Man three. Mm. Underappreciated. I've not seen this one. <laughs> I've had but an interesting. I've had MCU an interesting tour. journey with it, to say the least. <laughs> we can get to that another time when we do our MCU <laughs> retrospective. <laughs> and coming in at number one is Frozen. Uh, oh, there you go. Of course. And that. Is our top 10 list of 2013. Thank you, Alex. That was illuminating as always. As you take a sup from the flask of energy. Oh, and then a second sup from the flask of, what's that for? Lethargy. (laughs) Just to balance yourself (laughs) out. Uh, Ali, you got them spookies. What was VHS 2 up against in 2013? It was up against a few movies that some of us have seen together. This first one I have not seen with either of you. Carrie. It's all right. Remake of the classic. I didn't even know there was a remake. Whoops. There is. This was it. (laughs) This was it. (laughs) Found it. Who is Carrie? It's, uh, what's her face? Chloe Moritz. Is that her? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm. Pretty sure. Yeah. This next one, the three of us covered The Curse of Chucky. Yeah. We like it. We do. We like it. Um, You should check it out. Fiona Jurif. Our podcast, not the movie. If you want to hear, t- if you, you know, were like, you know what? I just watched the hour and a half movie. I need to hear three people talk about it for two and a half hours. <laughs> listen to our podcast. We got you covered. <laughs> I've never thought of that. I've never thought that often our podcasts go longer than the movies. Than the oh, always. I think always. <laughs> yeah. Other than our first couple of series, which were bad. <laughs> you would think we would get which- shorter as we become more experienced. We're just talking nah, We just more. got more things to say. All things to say. The uh, first ones are terrible. Honestly, you go about Friday Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. They're not good shows. <laughs> we'll we'll recover those. Uh, I know. Re- I was honestly re- like re- this year when I was looking at stuff. I was like, should we just wheel one of those out and redo it? Because it's like, why not do it properly? Anyway, VHS Two was also up against another podcasted movie, The Conjuring. Oh, yes, covered it. If you like to hear Shannon having an emotional breakdown, go back and listen to our Conjuring <laughs> for series. an entire series. <laughs> She'd already like she's done three series now and she's out. <laughs> I tried to get her to join this with us. She said no. Yeah. I don't blame her. You really Next. did. I don't know how you thought yeah. that she was going to. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about <clears throat> these movies. She would not have done well with these. No, probably not. Although she would enjoy the boobs. 
I don't know about that. Not I mean, that, well, not all the boobs. Not all the boobs. Maybe some of the boobs. Some of the boobs. But I mean, that's true of all boobs, right? That's <laughs> I mean, a life lesson right there. They could have been hers. That's the thing. They could have been hers. Maybe that's why she didn't want to join. She was upset. I don't want to join she because secretly she's like... She would I, regret the decision. I think because she might not have taken a part, but she did actually send in the boobs for the audition. <laughs> so she's worried she'll watch the film and be like... Those are mine. There they are. All right. Evil Dead also came out this year. Oh. I mean, we haven't covered it yet because of Ash vs. Evil Dead. I told us about a lot. We have to obviously do the Evil Dead series. We're still trying to figure out how to do it, but there's three seasons of Ash vs. Evil Dead, and that is canon. So it's really tough to know how to cover them because we desperately want to. We've been rewatching all of them at the moment, and they're so fucking great, so much fun. And there's only four of them with the new one in the works. So we'll figure it out by the time the new one comes out. Uh, but I love this remake. The remake's love. awesome. This is the first movie Al and I watched together in 2016. <laughs> Next up, Fright Night 2, New Blood. I've only seen the remake, Fright Night. I haven't seen the remake sequel, Fright Night 2, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Hatchet 3. Yes, yeah, Adam Green's uh, sort of Friday 13th knockoff series. It, they're fun. I used to really enjoyed them and then i went back to them recently and i was like oh, these are pretty bad uh but they have some good you know if you're in the right audience they're a lot of fun if you're in a good horror audience then you can have a party with them uh this next one i do this accent every time this is in one of our lists i spit on your grave too <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why they're just What's in my head they have to be russian of course um this is I have not a, seen yeah. them clearly no you have not seen those but on your grave <laughs> movies you are not they're all rape revenge movies so okay yeah. your favorite <laughs> love love that <laughs> the last exorcism part two also came out this year big budget found footage stuff I never saw the second one though the first one's actually a lot of fun highly recommend if you're into found footage uh, with a budget which is rare uh, the last exorcism's good fun you seen that one, Alex? Is that the last exorcism of Emily Rose, whatever? Is that nope. the same thing, a different thing? Different thing. I have not seen it. <laughs> You'd like the last exorcism. Yeah, it's like The Conjuring meets Paranormal Activity. I like those things. <laughs> you like both those things. <laughs> this next one makes me want to sing Gladys Knight, Midnight Train. Go on then. Um... <laughs> Oh, Sing it. is that right? Maybe I left the word out. It might be Midnight Meat Train. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I like Midnight right. Train better because then you can just add to out. Georgia at the end of it. Uh, maybe that's from a different year. I don't know. Nobody knows. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> Another one we have covered. Texas Chainsaw 3D. We have covered it. And you can hear our thoughts. <laughs> Justin, myself, and Allie. Personally, yeah. I'm a bigger fan of Texas Chainsaw 3DD, but... That's just we've, me. We've heard this from you about many franchises. All the 3D's happening right now. I keep actually wanting to go back to Texas Chainsaw 2 at the moment, Ali, just to see that great mountaintop scene. What about 4? Yeah, I'm okay. That's the best one. No, I disagree. Okay, guys, right, wrong last, podcast. Last on the list <laughs> is Willow Creek 3DD. <laughs> Bigfoot with boobs. Yeah. Um, That's the one. We'll look. <laughs> More found footage. This is Bigfoot found footage. Uh, Wendigo or Sasquatch, whatever you want to call them. Although, technically, I think people like to say those are slightly different things. Aren't they, they are, are different they things. They are different regional. things. 
Sasquatch. I mean, you are a descendant of Bigfoot. I have uh, a Sasquatch. Seen in, in photographic evidence. <laughs> that so. my wife likes to spread around the social medias. <laughs> oh, she spreads it around for sure. So this is a good one. I quite like Willow Creek. I like Willow Creek. I like the lo- Bigfoot Lost. No, was it the Lost Coast Tapes? I think is one that's pretty good. Exists. Exists. Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, they're all <laughs> to be honest. None of them are great, but they all got something different to offer. All right. So we've got found footage. We've got spookies. We've got all of those things 3D happening. VHS 2 obviously coming hot off the heels from the year before with VHS, which I've heard them say was a big success, even though it made, what, 2 million, I think, worldwide. But obviously these are made more for VOD. They're made more for DVD and Blu-ray clearly did well on those platforms and yeah it premiered at Sundance they had VHS 2 premiering at the next year's Sundance damn that's pretty crazy it was originally titled S VHS do you remember that like super VHS right yeah Mm. that was like the evolution of VHS rushed into production late 2012 it then premiered on January the 19th 2013 at Sundance that is nuts it was released the VOD on June the 6th and then theatrically, I think only in like 12 cinemas on July the 12th, which is like, why would you release a month later on theatrical? <laughs> I don't understand. It was box office. It's not great because of that $22,000. But again, I think it's from like 12 theaters. So maybe a spectacular box office. It depends how big <laughs> those screens were. No idea on this budget. Can't find out anything about it. But yeah, it just made sense. It's like they brought back a bunch of the same people. They brought in some new friends of Blood Disgusting New, uh, you know, who had done previous genre films. And yeah, just made this movie basically as quickly as is possible. Although in the making of, I did hear stuff from like Simon Barrett talking about how last time it was definitely a lot more shuffly. This time, even though it was quick, they knew what they were doing a little bit better. You know, they wanted to like, they wanted to like make it a little bit more coherent. And they wanted to uh, really give genre fans, I believe was what he said, what they wanted. So they wanted to like, you know, hit more on the mark of what the horror audience was looking for. Mm. Did they do it or not? We're going to get to it. And for people who weren't around last week, you're a fool. Last week's show was miraculous, I think (laughs) is the only word. And I stated that I am on a journey with the VHS trilogy. Uh, we are going to create a We Are Geek supercut. Yeah. Uh, which is very easy to do with these, where we're going to take our favorite wraparound and then we're going to place in our favorite four or five, depending on length, shorts, I guess, segments. So we picked, for me personally, I've got two from last week, for sure, that are going in. The first one and the last one. I really like the Succubus one and I really like the ones in the Spooky House. I thought you really, really loved the Glitch Man one. <laughs> Don't get me angry. Don't do it. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping for this week. I'm hoping for another couple from this week and then a couple from next week. And then we've got six we can pick from, you know, to really refine it down. Make, make, a, make a tasty package. Yep. We're going to kick off, though, with our wraparound. Ali, who is new to anthology, you're prepared this week, right? You're yes. like, okay, I understand anthology now. 100%. Proficient. I feel like it's more defined here as well for you. You're not. You're going to be less confused yes. as we go. Well, this one, I didn't even know enough in the last movie to be upset that the thread was not the last one that was shown. <laughs> so now I know that's what we needed to look for, and they delivered on that end. I guess I just right off the bat, whether it's as effective or not, you know, whether you can say it like works as well as getting you into a tone. Narratively, the wraparound here is yeah, much more traditional, much better, much works as an actual wraparound. Yep. Yep. And we're going to kick off with that tape forty nine. So actually, an earlier tape because the last one I think was tape fifty six. Yeah. I actually called it blackmail perv. 
I about blackmail, it, I mean like to blackmail yeah, someone. No, we understand. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> I'm glad you had to call attention well, to I that. Just, I, just wor- I was just worried when I said it, I emphasized like the wrong parts of the word. <laughs> you did. There was like a gap between black male pervert. Uh, my name for this one was scumbag salesman. I think Ooh, yours is funnier, mostly salesman. because of the delivery. Well, no, you're both wrong. It's tape 49, which <laughs> technically makes this... <laughs> You played wrong. It's technically a prequel then to the other tape, which is very confusing because this is much cleaner, but whatever. And it's also uh, confusing the because they we see one of the clips from the first movie. <laughs> we see the clip. The clip <laughs> that everyone crazy. hates. The greatest moment from so, the first So, Alex, one. I think you're right. There is time travel happening. Time travel confirmed. This one is directed by Simon Barrett. Cock, do you know what I didn't do for this week's podcast? You didn't do any notes? Did you just say cock? No, I got on my notes. I, I did say cock. Um, <laughs> I've never done this before. I was so sleepy last night. I had so much work yesterday and we're actually recording these day by day. And I was up until four in the morning uh, finishing stuff and doing my notes on this and some other stuff I had to do. I didn't put down what act, where these actors are from and stuff like that. I didn't do my IMDb research for that. So I apologize. But we know Simon Barrett. He obviously writes uh, all of Adam Wingard's work. And he wrote the first two uh, pieces, well, the wraparound and the succubus piece from the last movie. Wasn't that right? Yes. And he's going to write this one and the first one from here too. And this is, I believe, one of his first times directing. I might be incorrect. That's what I was about to say. And I was like, shit, I don't have my note to affirm that or not. So I apologize. Um, And I really should know better because these are people... (laughs) Who I should know better. Anyway, written and directed by Simon Barrett, uh, starring Lawrence Michael Levine as Larry, Kelsey Abbott as Aisha, Elsie Holt as Kyle, Simon Barrett as Steve, and Mindy Robinson as Tabitha. So we're going to kick off, I would say a different vibe, but we're going to get boobs straight on the <laughs> Straight <back>. away. Yeah. <laughs> straight. Different kind of boobs. I'm more okay with this kind, even though it's. No, you, you, you're through. fine with the fake boobs? Well, yeah. I called them balloon uh, boobs in my notes. <laughs> Full of helium. <laughs> it was, like, Al, it was funny because Bethany was watching with you. She was like, eight seconds in, eight seconds in. That's all it took. <laughs> Which is weird because the rest of this section isn't like that at all. At all. Anyway, uh, heavy breathing. I don't know why we need the heavy breathing. I think you're meant to make it seem like this guy's like, you know, the, the villain. Like he's going to yep. be the killer. Yeah. As a man's filming a hooker, we presume a hooker going uh, to a motel room with a married man and we've immediately got yeah lots of boob squeezing which is clearly a pickup shot by the way because it like just cuts <laughs> into this boob squeeze mm. and then a maid catches them at it we get some penis to be fair yep which you know credit to both of these films so far double penis uh, it's called the deep if Ariel were here she would ask can you rate this on a scale of hilarious to terrifying yes which type of penis is this Hilarious. Okay. What? 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 <laughs> Not does hilarious. A penis have it's closer to, have, to funny. What does it have to have to be hilarious? What it qualifies? It has to be the penis from Popstar on a window. <laughs> oh, okay. Or the penis in slackers. Um, 
So we do get some penis. That's exciting. And then, yeah, who we are, uh, it turns out we're a PI, I guess, who's been hired to film this wife's husband cheating on her. We look a little dweeby. We're all like dressed out in what looks like corduroy. So I just called him corduroy man for the rest <laughs> yep. of this. Because I like me some corduroy, particularly brown. And yeah, now he's like, he's with a woman who's his partner, I guess, in his business. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's a little it sketchy. I, I don't think they have a relationship, do they? I don't know. I don't well, think it so. It didn't seem like it. Yeah. And then they've decided, he's like, this is how you do things. We're going to blackmail him now. So now we'll ring up this guy. Hence the name let him know. of Alex's short. Blackmail Perth. Incorrect. Tape 49. <laughs> and yeah, it just rings up the cheating husband to say, hey, I was hired by your wife, but you can pay me more than she pays. And then I won't show it as footage. He's got a good thing going. This guy's a businessman. He knows what he's up to. The, uh, let's be clear. The other ones at the start of the previous film, they were businessmen. Not as smart. Didn't have, <laughs> a, a smart didn't, didn't have as clear of a plan. Less acumen going <laughs> yeah. on. What I'm hoping by the time we get to VHS viral is we've just got like men in suits <laughs> who have really got it figured out. We're heading to Wall Street. Yeah. Their next job is a woman who believes that her teenage son is missing some college kid. And he's like, probably just ran off, but whatever. We can get some easy money out of, out of this. We're just going to go to his house, pick up the thread, see what's going on. Uh, voices mixed very low in this opening scene, by the way. I was really struggling to hear. I was turning my volume about. up and back down multiple times throughout yeah. this movie. And you know what struck me right away as well was the classic sort of found footage sequel where it's, where it's like, how do we sort of step up things a bit? I know we'll have loads more cameras of all yes. different styles and types. Double the cameras. It's either that or double the D's, Alex. It's either double the D's or double the cameras. And they went with the camera room. Yeah. I mean, some could argue they did both. That's true. In the first yeah. eight That's seconds. true. No one was called a boob psychic though in this movie. That's true. <laughs> so an immediate not recommend. Yeah. Anyway, they arrive at his house. It's, I think we're in LA, are we? I don't know feels like no one really left yeah <laughs> no one left the county to make most of this uh in kind of a nice way and I've, maybe this is the difference between the quality and the video aesthetic it was previously it felt like we're in nebraska or something with like yeah they're all still on vhs quality yeah yeah whereas now it's like no in la they got access to a phone anyway she thinks she hears something as they're breaking into this place and they find a living room with what i presume are now becoming the iconic you know, like stack TV. This is going to be their motif for the trilogy, surely. Mm -hmm. If we don't see stack TVs in VHS viral, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. Uh, but there's no one dead in this room. There's just a bunch of TVs showing static. A laptop is hooked up to them. They're introducing technology gradually to this universe. Um, and there's a whole bunch of VHS cassettes still for whatever reason. I don't know uh, if you noticed at one point when it pans around the room, there's just like... I don't know if it's like a fireplace, but there's there's a bunch of photos on top of this thing. Yes. And they all look like the old man from VHS. Hmm. I did yes. not notice that. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's even a painting. Yeah. <laughs> there's like yeah, photos yeah. and a painting. That's right. And they linger on it for a second. And I was like, who the fuck's this meant to be? And I thought, oh, this is going to be cool. Maybe he's going to pop up in the shorts. And he didn't. And then afterwards, yeah, I was like, was he meant to be the old man? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because it was like, if it's an earlier tape, like, is he connected to it? Because then we obviously get I, some... Well, you get into it. I get the feeling all these threads are going to come together next week. Yeah, because it's just like they're starting to feel... It's interesting this where... How they're starting to... They put in a bit of a game plan as to how the tapes work now. Yeah. 
I mean, again, I think they do this time. They're taking a little bit more seriously of like, let's build a little bit of a universe and mm-hmm. a little bit more of a yes ethos rather than just using this mechanic as an excuse to play VHS tapes kind of thing. Uh, there's a little tiny spot of blood on the wall, but he doesn't tell her about it because he's a dick. <laughs> and then he leaves her in the room, but she has a gun this time. Yep. So I mean, there's not a dead body in the room, and she has a gun. Mildly more believable. Yep. Than last time. <laughs> okay. This is what I'm immediately going to say about these wraparound segments. It's so hard because they do their job more effectively in terms of telling a story, how we need a story to be told. They work better as a wraparound. They have like an arc going on in them. It's more satisfying on a cinematic level. Mm. However, I'm not feeling unnerved at all. Whereas in the last one, I was very uncomfortable because again, the way that first one was filmed felt like snuff to me. And that immediately made me feel grimy and unnerved with whether I like you know whether we like it or not it's like was an effective thing this one I'd feel like yeah I'm in a movie yeah I I felt the same and it was funny because throughout this the whole film I'd have moments where I was reflecting on on what I wanted to see in this sequel and I think in the last podcast I talked about you know having a clearer narrative arc and between the wraparound film and connectivity between the shorts and having a sort of more refined style and I feel like it's delivered on all those sort of points. But yeah, at the cost, I think... And this happens a lot I th- with different found footages and particularly sequels, I feel, is you then lose... For, to have those things, you sacrifice that sort of authenticity and that snuff kind of feel, I think. And yeah, it feels like I think there's moments throughout all the different shorts here where it's like, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie. As opposed to something that, that you're kind of, yeah, like something that feels more genuine. It's also, for some reason, going from four young guys, as obnoxious as they were, to two people, it immediately loses a lot of the energy that you have in the first one, which, like Al said, whether you like it or not, is at least a mood. <laughs> Whereas with this one, I was more so thinking about the fact that neither of them are great actors rather than paying more attention to what was happening or where we were. Yeah, I think it's about, do you want to entertain or do you want to yeah, create an authentic mood? And like you're saying, like there's such a difficult balance to that with found footage. It's so tricky. It really is. Um, and they can either fall into, well, this is dull because it's too authentic or, or it's, yeah, it just feels icky or it can fall into, yeah, this just feels too contrived and too much like a movie. And it's very difficult. Again, I think this is better written in terms of just what you're trying to accomplish, but <clears throat> it makes it, yeah, it definitely feels less authentic. Because it's like you also have those moments where shots and how they're framed, it's all very deliberate here. Like even if yeah. they play it like, oh, I'm putting the camera here, but it's like, oh, well, no, that's a that's a directorial choice. Like it's obvious, yeah. Yeah. like you're framing that because you want to show something later or whatever. It feels it like a shoot yeah, it rather doesn't. than a sort of, yeah. Anyway, so he leaves her. She starts going through the tapes. She finds, well, actually, on she finds the boob heist on the laptop immediately. Because the boob we need heist. To see that footage again. Yeah. I mean, at least she cringes at it. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And then she finds a file with a video of a guy that we're later on going to find out is the kid that they're looking for. And he says, he's saying, he's like, I presume it's a video he's going to be posting somewhere online. And he says that he's managed to find another one, a VHS tape. It's looks like it's third or fourth generation from the quality alley do you know what that means i assume a newer or older model based on whatever he's found 
but no. third or fourth generation is what you talk about vhs because everyone would just copy things for each other and pass them off so third okay. or fourth would mean like it's been copied like four times, times before you get it so I by see. the time you see it the quality's deteriorated substantially because every time you'd copy on vhs the quality would just go downhill mm. so immediately yeah, so I, here i'm like okay they're building a sort of ring style sort of mythology around this yes which I think is the right impetus to go. I yeah. think that's the, that's what I mean. I mean, I think from a writing angle, this is the, these are all smart decisions. Mm-hmm. It's just in the execution. It's not, certainly not bad. It's just more about being entertaining yeah. than yeah, being authentic. You know what I thought was really creepy, and I don't think it ever comes back in any way. But was the the desktop picture on the laptop? It was like this weird sort of distorted shadow figure. Did you guys oh, notice really? that? Yeah, no, I missed that. I missed that. It was really cool. Upstairs, Cordery Boy finds more VHS tapes um, and a blow-up doll under one of the beds. So he finds a whole bunch of notepads uh, and there's someone in the background. And then, yeah, we're going to cut back downstairs. She's putting in the first VHS tape. She's going to sit down, settle in, watch it. As we're immediately seeing someone behind her. Like, we're not ebbing away from, you know, the spooks in this. Like, they know what we're expecting from the first one. So they're just going to, like, lean into it. I, I did like that transition of like you see him in the background and then the tape starts. Right. Phase one, clinical trials. That's what the first one's called. What did you both call it? It's called <laughs> POV Glitch Man is Adam Wingard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the working title. Yes, yeah. Mine is called Robo Eye. <laughs> Robo I mean, just call it like you see it. <laughs> No, you're both incorrect. It was phase one clinical trials or phase capital I clinical trials. It's hard to tell. Oh. Uh, directed, of course, by Adam Wingard. Uh, written by Simon Barrett, again. Starring Adam Wingard. You are correct, Alex. As Herman. Uh, and <laughs> that, also that is starring, <laughs> That's his name. And also starring Hannah Hughes as Clarissa. And some other people. But who, who cares about them? All right. So we're going to be in first person. As we are literally in somebody's eyeball. They've had a robot eye put into their eye uh, socket. They've, we learned later they had a car crash, which took out their eye, apparently. Which, I mean, sure. Just their eye. Um, Nothing else is yeah, scarred. Just, yeah. They seem completely fine, yeah. other than their eyeball the is missing. Eye. Uh, we strayed, and this is what I've said, like, okay, so we're in this thing, like, you've got very clear. I mean, this is the most cinematic one that we're going to see, I think, in this one or the previous one. Like, this feels like... You're in a big, expensive movie in terms of how it's shot. Yeah. For me, this very much felt like a precursor to his work on Blair Witch in that it was like very polished, sort of flashy found footage with like, you know, very sort of set piece jump scares and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, no, I agree. And as my immediate note here is we've strayed far away from the snuff raw feeling and we're into Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, you yeah. know. Which I, again, this is the thing. I don't know if that's the wrong impetus. I think there's a massive market for that, obviously. And I think it's kind of fun that they're doing that kind of thing. They're leaning more to let's just have fun with this, you know, um, and have these little weird genre ideas. For me, and this is a personal thing. For me personally, I'm not a fan of episodic sci-fi content that leans into a sci-fi gimmick. So like, I love how Black Mirror is made. I don't particularly like watching them because I don't like it when the story's all about, hey, here's a gimmicky idea about how technology affects us in a metaphorical way and that's it. Yeah. And I feel the same about a lot of those shows where I can enjoy them, but I don't really like them that much. So as soon as this one starts, I have to admit, I'm like, okay, 
this doesn't feel like authentic, nasty, uh, snuff VHS stuff anymore. There's a demographic for this, but I'm not it. Yeah, for me, it felt like a, a poor version of a Black Mirror episode <laughs> in some ways. I definitely get that vibe. There's also an older horror film where, is it Jessica Alba? That might, I think it's actually a remake of an even oh, older yeah. horror film where she gets a new set of eyes and starts seeing what the past owner of those eyes had seen you're breaking my heart yeah that's called the eye sorry um, that was a remake <laughs> of a of a thai movie called the eye which is actually a franchise we might do one day because the first two films are fantastic okay like, they're so good yeah it's at this point i'm not, at least happy it feels slightly different from the shorts that we saw in the first vhs given that they yeah, were completely. all the same style i'm happy to hopefully be getting a variant here Yes. No, I agree. It's a different, you know, flavor. The doctor saying that the eye is a test and it's going to be recording the data, everything that he does. And then I love these lines they give, like, so there might be some glitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. This doctor is um, not passing for a doctor either. I think any of the doctors in the VHS series so far have passed <laughs> for doctors <laughs> at all. He goes back to his house. Oh, sorry. As he's leaving, he gets eyed up by a red-haired lady, which is really weird until you find out like what the context is yeah. at that point. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Is he like really sexy with his robot eye? Is that what's happening? But yeah, he goes back to his house. We're going to learn here. I was watching the making of. There's like a little making of section on most of these, actually. And he's meant to be a video game designer uh who's you know sort of come into a few million essentially and they really modeled it around adam wingard they were like let's take adam wingard if he suddenly made a bunch of million what would his life be like so they went to his house saw how he lived and then kind of tried to redress it in the set that they had so that was kind of how they based it he lives in a nice ass house I mean, I don't know about the house. It looks fine, but that pool is fucking great. Like that view. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Hollywood Hills, right? Really looks pretty. Like it. Really pretty. Um, yeah, he's playing some video games with a shitty pad, by the way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> really bothered me. He's got some third party yeah. sea fruit translucent green pad. Like, like, At first on. I was like, is he playing uh, N64 when I saw that pad? I know. <laughs> it's just like... It's ridiculous. And then he makes some tea. And yeah, Katie was remarking, this whole thing feels like we're in a video game because it's got that first person, that first person vibe mm-hmm. things. Yep. And I'm always a little amazed when you do get found footage that is first person. I think it's impressive how they, how they pull it off. I was, um, I was a little upset there was no blinking at this point. It yeah, comes they started in later. off with quite a lot of blinking and then they brought it back later and then there's a whole portion with no blinking. <laughs> I can't imagine. I would be so OCD if you're in the editing flashes. room. Well, I would just be like trying to figure out when do you blink? Like, yeah. I, My brain would never be happy. If you're never happy with an edit anyway, I can't imagine if you're trying to add in organic Getting blinking. Getting blinks, right? Yeah. It would drive me crazy. I'd wake up at night panicking. <laughs> anyway, he comes back. His controller has moved. And then the kettle tips over. And these bits, I'll be honest, are a little bit weird because the things we're going to see later don't really interact with the environment very much. Yeah. So it's kind of strange to build it up as a poltergeist you know but doesn't the um, girl say something about that later on she does s- she? Well, she says the more you interact with them the more they interact with you but he hasn't interacted with them at all at this point that's true so it's yeah. weird that they no. can have a physical presence because she said yeah because when she says that she's like and what and yeah and then the more they interact with you that they can like physically like hurt move. you and yeah hurt you yeah yeah and then we get this cool i do like the shot i mean it's a you know it's a classic horror shot but i appreciate it um 
where we get it looks like someone's lying in his bed under the sheets mm-hmm. and then he pulls it back and there's no one there it's effectively done that's really good no so then he rings up his doctor which is must be like midnight he rings up his doctor who apparently picks up the phone he's like i'm coming back in the morning i'm going to get this fixed <laughs> god damn it and then he immediately thinks again we're in short form format so you've got to like push it forward as quick as you can immediately thinks you see someone down a hallway some lights flash there's a little girl then she gets closer and here we're into if we're earlier i said again i'm not really into episodic you know tech-based genre content like this it's just not my thing i'm really and i i mean our shows prove it over and over again i'm really not into people just standing there in some makeup particularly little girls and presuming that this is scary well that's what neither of them looked that scary in this one yeah and that's I, the thing the first like i agree the shot of the bed was effective like seeing someone under there you immediately get tense as you anticipate him pulling the sheet off and when he does and nothing's there it it feels really good and then as soon as you turn around it's like the shot lingers just too long to see how bad the makeup is and he's not moving and it's just immediately makes you laugh and negates everything they had just done yeah because it also looks like it just looks like bad halloween makeup yeah it does and there are so many horror films that i see that do this and I come out, you know, from a festival and talk to people. And I'm like, I just couldn't get out. I just can't find that scary at all. It just looks mm-hmm. so stupid to me. Yeah. But then with friends who are like, oh, no, I found that really effective. Well, that was like really. And I don't understand. Like, I'm beyond. I can't comprehend it. It's so ineffective to me. <laughs> like, just don't show anything yeah. or just have them like way in or the background. Sh- in show darkness. a tiny, tiny, quick flash. Yeah. Like I mean, ju- I can't even like, even when you cut it down, it's still too much. I can, my brain will take in, oh, it's a person with makeup. And as soon as I've done that, I'm just like, Pfft. Yeah. yeah. All I could see is some actor being told stand there and you know don't and look, look scary. Yeah. The thing is, like, for me, having watched more horror films now, I can kind of anticipate when the sort of jump scare comes, but I still kind of get a rush. But yeah, if if the makeup is then bad, it just diffuses it all so quickly. Yeah. And like the Conjuring, yeah. I remember we talked about in that podcast, was really good at what you saw and for how and how long you saw it. So that it never sort of gave you that moment to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to judge the makeup now. And it's yeah. not going to be scary. Yeah. Well, and there are even moments in that. But yeah, it's on such a different level. Mm. Such a different level. But obviously, they have a lot, a lot more money as well for that oh, stuff. Yeah. But I'm just like, yeah, but if you don't have the money, then don't show it. Yeah, find different ways to, to do that. Exactly. Because yeah. even just having like the controller pad move, it didn't spook me, but it was more effective than seeing someone standing there. And make I it. actually didn't even notice the controller moved. Oh, really? Yeah. Even though he literally says out loud, what the fuck? Where is my controller? Oh, nope. (laughs) Must have been typing notes. (laughs) Not paying attention. So we're learning here that they're definitely playing this more for laughs and scares because he literally, he like, he goes into the bathroom and then he's like shouting out the door. He's like, "Uh, hello, I'm good. You can go. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That made me laugh. And I'm just like... At that point, also, when the door was banging, he's like, ah! I mean, the acting was so bad. <laughs> and I, I mean, was like, is it... Is it's it, difficult yeah, when is directors it, get in front of the camera, but he's not in front of the camera, so it's also, I don't know. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a tricky one. It's it like, is tricky. It's like, he wakes up in his bathtub, for some reason doesn't go straight to the doctor. This is the bewildering bit in yeah. the narrative, like, for me. Yep. It's like, he wakes up, you've seen spooky ghosts in your fucking house you've seen something under your bed sheets that wasn't there things have been moving and like crazy shit's happened and instead he walks out seems comfortable in his house and goes to sleep on the sofa and then passes out and then wakes up in his night (laughs) 
<laughs> he falls asleep till seven. Yep. No. Anyway, we're getting at the beautiful view from his from his uh, house, and then yeah, someone rings the doorbell. Really weird doorbell sound, by the way. I thought it was like sound design for a bit. <laughs> and he looks for his peephole, and it's the redhead from earlier, who's not not great. She's uh, terrible. She's like, she's like, Are you she's seeing so weird bad. stuff? Like people who look dead. Uh, he sighs, lets her in. It's Clarissa, and she's like, "Get a beer for yourself." You're gonna need it. <laughs> so, what's their connection again? I, I this I was this went over my head. They she just saw him in the in the hospital. It was just tell, that, right? Yeah, she there could tell it, that he had the eye implant, I guess, and somehow found where he which, lived. From okay. that, not only somehow found where he lived. No, not only somehow found where he lived, but somehow because she's gonna later on say, just because you had this, you know, put in doesn't mean you're definitely gonna see these things. Uh, but you might do. I know I do. She presumes that he's going for all of this stuff. Like she presumes, unless she like hacked into the phone call he did to the doctor. Like she just turns up knowing that he's seeing spooky stuff. It's it's very weird. Also, he needs a new people. She can see him through the people. Yeah, <laughs> it's backwards. <laughs> Which is really, it's supposed to work like, the I can other see way. You. It's like no, you can't. <laughs> Maybe she just stands. Maybe every door she goes to, she just She's rings like, the bell I and stands. I see you. Out. I can see you looking at me. <laughs> she said she was born deaf, and then when she was sixteen, her parents uh, had to put in for this experimental treatment, essentially the same as his. And she could pick up on frequencies in her environment of different things happening. Um, this is where he reveals he was in a magical car accident that didn't leave a scar on his body, but just removed took one eye. his eyeball perfectly. And then she says that she could hear a little girl crying when she came to the house. And she tells them, the more you interact with them, the more that they can touch you, hurt you, stuff. Uh, She says, if he takes the implant out now, then they're still going to be there. He's just not going to be able to see them. So he's already made contact. And this is where he says, I don't want to alarm you, but it's a fat naked dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. She's like, it's just my uncle. It's just my uncle. (laughs) These are are the bits, I've got to be honest, these are the bits that make me feel icky in genre cinema, where it's like, you're taking something, it's like, fine, genre is a wonderful place to deal with trauma, to deal with like dark places. But again, those lines of like, well, we want to deal with something serious. So our character has an emotive thing, but also we want to have an excuse for her to get her boobs out, (laughs) basically. And when you join those two like roads, it, it makes for some weird territory for me and this is one of those points where it's like oh yeah there's no she never says it but it's insinuated like yeah that's my uncle she's clearly uncomfortable by him she says like i know he's there i can hear him breathing says he was a bad guy so it's all implied of what happened with her uncle and then she says i know a way to get rid of him and then and takes off her clothes yeah and starts fucking uh, adam wingard Bethany was working at the time and she just sort of looked up and she was like, all right, sex makes things better. (laughs) It makes the bad things disappear, I think she said. Which I think is, look, there are characters like Clarissa who have maybe been through things who would deal with, you know, things via sex. Absolutely. I've met those people. But this isn't dealt with that cleverly. (laughs) This is dealt with out of nowhere and with someone who seems like was a sexual predator to you. And it's like watching. Like, this is not, how does this get rid of him? This seems like exactly what he'd want to watch. 
It's just because we want to watch it. Like, that's why. They're just trying to give, again, the horror audiences what they want. And there are better better reasons to get some boobs out in a movie, in my opinion. I mean, there's also other things to do with found footage. That's one thing that's bothering me up until this point is it's like they cannot come up with anything more creative or, or exciting that their characters want to do with cameras other than like film themselves having sex or film their girlfriends undressing like there's other things you can do there's other ways to make found footage because and we're going to continue that theme because then he wakes up she's asleep on the sofa she's got a bandage on her arm with blood yeah i have no idea where that came from he goes to the mirror to talk to the scientists who are watching everything his eyeball and says like i'm gonna need that footage every guy is really into sex tapes in the vhs universe that's what i'm saying but he also is like don't watch it which like they're not gonna see that message until they've already watched it if they're playing it in order (laughs) again it's just like it sort of goes back to what i said in the last film it's that it's that vibe of Sort of, it's like teenage boys just being like, mm-hmm. "What can we like? What, what can we make up here? What would we do? Yeah. Like, what reason yeah. can our characters have for filming stuff? I know a girl getting naked. That's the yeah. only thing they could possibly film. And this what I mean. These are the weird territories of genre. And I'm not going to claim like I'm above that. Like I can totally enjoy that stuff. But it's like find the right way to do it. Like I love seeing a movie with lots of like kills and lots of nudity in it. Like yeah. I'm glad they've got penises in these films at least. You know, even if it's not always the most attractive men who are getting the penises out. Uh, but it's just like find the right ways to do that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> find the right way to do writing. it. And in an anthology film, don't have it be the same thing on all the shorts. Just not every guy wants a sex tape. Which, to be fair, that's not really a... This one, uh, yeah, this whole VHS2 is... in this one. No. No. These are all more decent characters in VHS2. We yep. can agree on that. For sure. For, for better or worse for the film. So. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, he sees someone in his bedding again. This is, for me, the best shot. Like, the imagery here is really cool. But then, unfortunately, pulls it back and the little girl is actually in his bed this time. So, like, immediately diffused again. of like, oh, yep. more There's kids the in makeup. Maker. And then Clarissa is pulled into the swimming pool by an unseen force, I think. It's a little unclear. And then yeah. he falls into... Yeah. Uh, she drowns in the pool. There's a cool shot, actually, as he's escaping the pool where, like, water explodes. He um, just yeah. leaves her body at the bottom of the pool. Oh, yeah, fuck it. He gets down there, realizes she's drowned, and he's like, well... And then he Allie, just gets he out. he has his sex tape. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> And then, yeah, he runs in and the little girl's just standing there with the man. Again, we don't need the back history, but there's something obviously with these two characters in this house, whatever. So he hides in the bathroom again, decides to take a switchblade out to cut his eye out, which is like, she's already told you they'll still be yeah. there. Yeah, now you just won't see where they're coming from. <laughs> well, while possibly bleeding to death. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he does cut it out and then we're going to see through the eyes they get him and then for some reason pick up the eye and put it in his mouth. And yeah. We end. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I gotta be honest. Again, I really like a lot of Simon Barrett's writing. I like Adam Wingard from what I've seen of him as a person, and I half like his films. But I, I never hate his films. But I never love them either. This is my least favorite thing I think that I've ever seen from Adam Wingard, uh, probably. And it's not like abysmal. It's just so just sort of like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing in it really for me. And I felt like it was the wrong one to open with, to be honest. Anyway, so we're back with the woman in the room. She's calling out for Corduroy. He comes down. She plays him more of the file on the laptop and he says, lots of people say, uh, he, there's this little line in here 
<laughs> which by the way ali like uh, made me think of our film but there's a little line where it says people say that the vhs tapes only affect you if you play them in the right sequence yes i thought yeah. of that too it's like, like you gotta place to play them in the right order and then he says yeah this is the kid that we're looking for so he's like you just keep watching <laughs> i'm gonna head off again <laughs> put another tape in <laughs> uh, which to the credit of the film she finds it weird in the other one you know in the previous one they're just like yeah okay but yeah she finds it a little strange that he's like can you just put that tape in and she's like okay fine so we're into the next one it's called well actually no let's go with what you what do you think it's called I have lots of options for this one okay I as it was going I try to name it as early as possible just because then they're a lot funnier but things <laughs> kept happening so I kept renaming it my options are Take me for a ride. Nice. Very similar to one I've got. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, all sexual. I got a big fucking stick. That's my second also option. Also a little sexual. <laughs> and the third option is when will my reflection show? Right. Ooh. Nice. Do you guys all remember why or when that comes up? No. Why I, okay. We'll get there when we go through it. All right. We'll get there. Alex, what was your pitch? This is all one title. Mm -hmm. Riding his bike, not riding his girlfriend, a.k.a. if I only had a brain. Love it. Love it. Very <laughs> literal. Very, Very literal. literal. <laughs> and, well, you're both incorrect again. It's called a ride in the park. So the word ride was there. So congratulations on that. Directed by Eduardo Sanchez. Woo! Our old friend, Alex, as yeah. well as Greg Hale, the producer. This is the producer and one of the two directors from the Blair Witch Project. Kings of the found footage. Genre. Oh, yeah. Written by Jamie Nash. Nash. Uh, who's written... What, what's he written? He Exists. Wrote, he written, he's written other things. <laughs> it's all I, I didn't do my call. research for this episode. I'm telling you. It's a hot mess. Anyway, uh, starring Jay Saunders as Biker. Also, about 100 other people. You go on IMDb and the cast list for yeah, this. Yeah, this insane. one is massive. All right, so we're going to start off. We're in a forest. We've got, so we're going to go, go full GoPro now which is you know had to happen at some point Not and i do like that with the vhs we're getting representing the different ways cameras can mm -hmm. record our lives alex hates um, what well, i don't he hate wants it to be time specific era specific <laughs> but, yeah. uh, some guy's going cycling um and then his girlfriend amy rings him up who by the way sounds like an absolute <laughs> nightmare <laughs> nightmare <laughs> I was going to use many other words. Uh, it's just like, I thought we were going to have breakfast together. I want you to take me for a spin. You ride that bike more than you ride me. Yep. Oh my God. At this point, I was like, I hate this. That's what I was like. <laughs> these are these are all good title options for this short. Not the best way to begin another short. Like, yeah, like after that first one, I was like, ah, oh, this isn't what I want. It starts this one. I know it's Eduardo. Did you both know the directors or were you just watching them blind? I them blind. knew a few minutes in. Once things tell. kick off. He's in the woods. It's got to yeah. be. <laughs> uh, he never leaves, by the way. That's just where he lives. Yeah, bad dialogue. Anyway, he puts music on and he goes off with the GoPros. We get a little montage of him doing some cool light tricks. But it's very quick because he immediately comes across a woman covered in blood. He says, you got to help my boyfriend. And then she throws blood up everywhere. And then zombies just fucking appear. So he threatens them with a stick and then goes back to her and she bites him zombie smart style so he smashes her fucking face in and yeah it's kicking off pretty quick he goes running into the woods so the basically the idea for this is very simply what happens if you don't leave one person throughout the process yeah of like becoming a zombie and then what that entire journey is 
And it's such a weird one because as you're watching it, yeah, initially it's like, this is bad dialogue. Then you get to zombie stuff and like, even by 2013 when this came out, zombies have been tired and done, but sure, whatever, zombies. But then as it keeps going... I just increasingly like it more. Yeah, I felt, I felt exactly way. the same. It's like, this is kind I of, as soon as they showed the birthday party, I was like, oh, I'm okay with where this is going. Yeah, I think this. this one just got better and better. And I liked as well that after he was bit, they still gave it a bit of time for it to like play out, to, for him to turn. Yeah. And you're because you're like only hearing his breath, you're just waiting for it the breath to slow down and stop and then you're waiting for that iconic kind of zombie uh, and just the way that like that they that they still had the patience in this short to just let that play out let it play out let it play out see him spew you think he's going to turn then it keeps going and then you see him collapse and then like even at that point it's still just like they just wait they just sit on sit on your anticipation which i thought was really clever yeah, I love those pauses. I think I think that's really what makes me like it. Because at this beginning bit, again, it's just like, okay, that's fine. He runs off into the woods, followed by the zombies, uh, once hilariously dragging his guts behind him. <laughs> uh, we watch him then throwing up blood, which is it's fine. He crawls into a glade and dies. But then we just like stay. It's that moment when, yeah, you're staying with him. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And then these other cyclists come across him and then they try and call the police. We're learning we're in Goldstone State Park trial, a trail off of Highway 1 for anyone who cares. Is that an actual park? I Sounds like an actual park. Again, I didn't do my research for this one. This is the worst <laughs> podcast research I've ever done. At this point, I was shouting, I hate vomiting at Sean, who's sitting over here with his noise-canceling headphones, and he just kept shouting back, <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm not listening. Is he listening to anything in the noise-canceling? Or does he, he just listen- put them on no, to the No, he listens to music. But then he just like sits in a corner between songs. Occasionally, they're screaming in the background. In which case, he like looks at me and shakes his head. So then I had to text him. I hate vomiting. I mean, but it looks really cool. I love the blood vomiting in first person. I don't like any kind of vomiting. Uh, Not for me. And then then he bites the guy who's trying to help him. uh, Bethany thought they were too calm. The people that were helping him. They were a little too calm. I, a little. If I were them, I have to admit, I would probably also walk over to the body to inspect it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you probably would. I don't think, I don't think, anything, yeah, they played it a little calm, but I think everything they do is fairly okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then he starts eating the fingers off, which is great. <laughs> starts getting really Weird. bloody. He tries to eat the wallet and spits <laughs> that it out. Hilarious. I love all those bits. He's like, oh. The sound he makes when he like realizes it doesn't taste good is so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, he lifts the guy's shirt up and makes her sexy like... Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I appreciate those moments in this too, that it yeah. just kind yeah. of drops in sort of humor. It's, it's very so fun. It's really so good. for people who didn't listen to our Blair Witch series, we did a special episode in there, which is called The Four Corners of Fear. And what you're going to learn about Eduardo Sanchez is he really loves comedy. Like the first thing they wanted to make after Blair Witch was like a Monty Python-esque comedy film. <laughs> And then like a lot of rom-com things like because horror isn't it's just the world he's kind of been pushed into because of Blair Witch. And I know he obviously has appreciation for it, but he really likes comedy. And I appreciate that the further you get into this one, the more that's coming out of him. Yeah, yeah. Then the girlfriend comes back having turned into a zombie and begins eating her (laughs) boyfriend. I love this. I love it. Like domino effect. So we start fighting her off to eat the boyfriend as well. And then the boyfriend wakes up while we're both eating him. (laughs) 
And she just yeah. like chews on his skin like a cow eating grass, like really, yep. really slowly making eye contact. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. And it's and cool because then, the f- then when the boyfriend gets up, he's dragging his intestines, and yeah. then it makes sense that previous one we saw, like, oh, he was probably being eaten. Now. Yeah. In the middle yeah, of yeah, being yeah. fed on. Again, good contextual storytelling. And the three of them just wander off into the woods, and then we're just like, <laughs> okay, where's this going now? <laughs> and then they hear something. And this is brilliant because then we cut off of his GoPro cam for the first time to a video cam as a kid is having a birthday party at one of the sort of, what do you call them? Uh, like a pagodas kind of thing yeah 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 pavilion things like an open room you know in in the woods basically and then the fucking zombies just turn up on mass including the ones from before turning up and they respond Uh, immediately they just immediately start screaming which i love no one like waits and is curious about them at all we get, yeah, like uh, a few effects. We get him, our main lead, getting his hand pushed onto a barbecue, which was completely unnecessary and probably difficult to do. <laughs> but they give us some interesting bits like that. Yeah, people then are driving away. The chef stabs us in the face with like a big barbecue fork and it's just sticking out of the eye for ages. So you suddenly have this thing like in the first person perspective and there's points where he's looking at a car like pounding on it and i'm looking i'm like what how are they setting this up because they had because you can't they didn't fake that thing they glued it into the right place and his eye with the gopro yeah. on top of his hand went um it's really cool and then i love the bit where he's chasing the chef around the car before he gets <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the kid's screaming just dissolves and then we see someone with a gun who shoots at us but we get back up because they don't did a headshot fork sticking out of our eye we find a teddy bear I pick it up, get run over. Really cool shot. Yeah. It's the car like broken leg. Just before this yeah. is when I came up with my third title, When Will My Reflection Show? And it's because after the chef gets into That's the driver's right. seat, he like looks in the window. To, I think he then takes the fork out and then looks back and he like sees his reflection and pauses for a good few yeah. seconds. And you can't tell if he's just like about to recognize himself and become human again. Yeah. <laughs> and he just yes. looks like he's pondering or having an existential crisis. So that's... He is yeah. the sound like dissolves. Yeah, the sound everything goes quiet and it's just like goes a like, little wow. bit peaceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, like, I like that, uh, that moment in that it kind of does give you that hint of like, yeah, is there some recognition here? Yeah. Because then obviously so it kind of where it ends up going, it's a cool little kind of uh, yeah. hint to that. I like that moment. Yeah. So he pulls the fork out and legs all fucked up. He's accidentally butt dialed his girlfriend, Amy, again, who's <laughs> still, still being a nightmare <laughs> on the phone. And then this wonderful moment, my favorite, as there's the woman who's just like decided not to run. And she's just crying over her dead partner. <laughs> And then she just looks up of watching this zombie sitting there having an existential crisis on the phone to his car. Yeah. 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 And then he's so sad about what he's become so he crawls over to the shotgun mm, on the ground. I think he does even a Samoa he's like... Mm. <laughs> Picks up the shotgun, blows his own head off. We're out. That's it. Zombie the entire suicide. lifespan of a zombie. Brilliant. It was great. I love this, this one. This one was so much. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I, it was just like the pacing was really great, you know, especially after kind of getting off to that rocky start with the bad dialogue. I think it really kind of just hits its groove and, and is just paced really well and has a beautiful little twist at the end. It's awesome. It, it does get better and better and better. Yeah. yeah. This one. And yeah, I would have kicked off VHS 2 with this one. Like this would have been the first tape that she puts in if, if, if you're mm. asking me. It's like if we're just going to have fun, then cool. Let's start with this one because it just gets to be yeah. fun. 
Yeah, and it's weird. When I watched it, I was like, okay, this is fine. And then as I went along, it's like, oh, this my notes like, this is kind of fun. And then later on, I'm like, oh, I love this bit at the end. And as I'm talking about it now with you both, I'm like, yeah, I really like that one a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm only realizing now how much it's a I lot like of fun. So we're back out. We're with Corduroy Boy. He comes over to the redhead. She's transfixed now by the screens. So yeah, like I say, Alex, we're getting more of that, the ring, like ringu vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Until he touches her. Her nose is now bleeding. And he's like... Wait, do you need? Should I go get you some aspirin or something? It's like a, go to a drugstore. She's like, I don't feel like moving. You just fucking go. He's like, Oh, I feel kind of bad about it. But all right, bye. <laughs> and just leaves her in this house uh, to go get her some aspirin from a local store. And then as she's putting another tape in, we see someone crawling towards her on the floor. Which, by the way, these people are like crawling towards her a lot, or like stalking her a lot. But then don't actually. You come <laughs> yeah. back and they're just like, where did they? Where yeah, did they go? They gave. They were waiting. He's. It's. He's, he's just playing it in order. Well, he's he's behind the he's behind the wall, just going. Oh, I can't do it. I'm too nervous. I'm just, can't 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 get it done. Can't try again. No, not ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the next one we're into. All right, titles. Alex, go. Uh, my title for this is I don't need the subtitles because it's in <laughs> Indonesian and I understood it all. That's hilarious. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I was having a hard time coming up with anything and so I'm bummed that mine's not funny but I just called it Pure Paradise. That's totally fine. It's called Safe Haven. So pretty close, pretty close. Yeah. This is directed by Gareth Evans and Timo I don't know how to pronounce his name Timo Tijajanto. Uh, let me, let me it. look it up. I'll say it. Look it up. Written by them as well. These are the team behind the fucking raid, by which I mean the raid. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the fucking raid, raid is very different. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure, his name is Timo Jajanto. The fucking raid. It's like halfway through a porn and people just burst in. I'm like, split it up. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but they did The Raid, they did The Raid 2. Two incredible martial arts action films. If people haven't watched them, go see these movies. Uh, I have some problems with them that I'm going to bring into this one as well because this kind of clarified some of my problems with, with them as writers-directors. But the action in those movies is phenomenal. Uh, starring Fakri Albar as Adam. Hannah, Al- You know what? You can read all these, Alex. Oh, God, I just have to find them again. Can't do it. Uh, Hannah Al-Rashid as Lena. Uh, Oka Antara as Malik. Andrew Suleiman as Joni and Epicus Kusnanda as father. Pretty good. To, Alex. I think I did it all perfect. Epicus Nanda, Oka Antara. Yep, you're good. That's what what about the saying. writers and directors? Uh, what's the Timo? What's Timo Jajanto. Oh, wow. Jajanto. 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 We're meeting with three guys. These are all like tech filmy guys. They're doing documentary stuff and they got that authentic vibe. <laughs> like when you get like, like, uh, yeah, like videographers or whatever working together, this is that fucking vibe. We're all like best friends, but also a little bit like jockey, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And there's one woman with them as well. Uh, she's got a secret camera in her button. We're going to learn later one of the other ones. I'm just calling him Plaid because he has a plaid shirt on. He also has a secret camera in his they, button, which I didn't notice. They all do, because there was a bit oh, where also, yeah, because there's a bit where, well, well, we'll get to it, where I was like, did he have a camera as well? But it, I guess he did. Because hmm. they set it up like it was just her. Yeah, that's what yeah. It, it seems. And that's the only one they show on camera. 
because she's yeah. female. Because they have a bit later where Malik goes back to the car and he looks at the monitor. But then... Right. Yeah, and he the, sees her. Unless yeah, he's... And it's ho- like, is he holding a camera? He is, but then he puts one down... Yeah, I'm going there are a lot of cameras, so it's fine. We can give these the credit, benefit of doubt because they're literally there to film. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, they're meeting with this person who's called just Father, and he's talking about a different plane of living and it's coming. He's a cult leader, basically. And, and he loves he loves milk. He's got a big glass of milk. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he really loves milk. I presume this is just an Indonesian thing and everyone just likes a big old mug of milk. Well, there is a drink, uh, a cold drink in indonesia called susu soda which translates to soda milk which is literally soda water with condensed milk Ooh, huh. that's a bit like the yeah there's one um there's a japanese one isn't it there's like yogurt with carbonated water or whatever that's weird as well it's actually like i wouldn't weird. think to mix anything bubbly with dairy no i agree <laughs> but can, it's condensed milk it's just sugary that's how you get emmental stuff. though seeing a bubbly cheese Anyway, he says, it's not a metaphor, the places I'm talking about. It's an actual place. And they all want to go and interview him at the actual, you know, at his at his uh, haven, as it were. Um, which he doesn't normally let people go there. He said, like, they normally don't allow non-believers because it's, they get misinterpreted. And she's like, no, that's why we want to come. We want to give an unbiased view of your family to show the truth behind Paradise Gates, which he seems to want to get to boast about things and show his side, you know. It was interesting because I did understand. It was interesting what they took out of the subtitles compared to what he was saying. I think what he was saying was some often the what they were saying was either a bit more detailed or a bit more eloquent. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the subtitles were constantly kind of slimlined, like pared down a bit, Hmm. which makes sense, I guess, if you can't like fit everything in. Did you write what he was actually saying so that you could inform us all? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) He was mostly talking about that year's Disney hip frozen. I mean, there was the whole monologue he did about the milk he was drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so like, yeah, they go, they go into his, to his place, which is basically in like, it looks like an abandoned school, I guess. It's kind of like a weird setup. We've got CCTV footage in the school as well, where we're immediately getting a few things. A janitor dragging a bin bag, uh, some kids singing in class, and then what looks like a whole bunch of Blair Witch symbols that have had heads added. Yep, (laughs) they look exactly like Blair Witch symbols. (laughs) And this is Paradise Gates. So I was going to say straight off the bat, we're talking about, you know, sympathetic, non-sympathetic characters. Again, these are all much more believable, sympathetic characters they do film like all of these i think they do feel a bit more filmy a bit more like we're here to entertain you with a movie rather than authentic yeah but you know these are all totally fine people who seem you know i don't know none of them are annoying me none of them are calling out to me i'm just like you are fine you are a human (laughs) which is how what i like to say to new people i meet sometimes (laughs) you you are fine you are not annoying me. I'm not drawn <laughs> to you Nor are you entertaining me. <laughs> <laughs> you are fine. Anyway, so they head in. There's uh, a little girl there and a woman who introduced them. They give them the Blair Witch symbol. Uh, she, she's, uh, yeah, and then she says like, oh, I'm not a girl anymore because father took care of. And then she gets like, well, she's apart. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't say that. And then, yeah, our woman takes off the symbol and kicks it across the floor. Big no-no. Well, it's like taking over the rocks. You never yeah. do that. 
doesn't seem to have repercussions for them to be fair i thought that was going to be a key crucial bit uh was like oh you would have been okay if you just kept that symbol on the whole time. i mean are they not. okay at the end of this no no that's what i mean like, if they'd kept the symbol on though i feel like there was some sort of thing of like just a little line of like oh why did you take so that off if, if they you had left that on you would have been okay yeah something like they were actually trying to help her because they want her mm. but anyway, we'll get there they have 20 children there they're giving a little tour of this derelict place, which I'll be honest, you know, when you hear like these cults, I've been to like one place where there was a cult, which is on the XYYZZXX road or whatever. It's between Vegas and LA. Mm. It's really worth going and adventuring. And it's where, yeah, these cult stuff used to happen. And at least it's like, you know, some nature, some hills. There's a lake, I think, nearby or whatever. You go to these places and you're like, I mean, you got to really... <sighs> and like, again... Like for any cult, it's like, make it appetizing for someone to want to be in your cult. No, it's like, oh, yeah, it's in this fucking derelict, grotty. Cement, dirty. There's mold. Yeah. (laughs) I would not be convinced, but hey, brainwashing. So, yeah, they prep the father for the interview. And then the woman pretends that she feels sick, but then she does maybe because we're going to find out she's pregnant because she's holding her belly early on. But I feel like it was planned so that she could go and wander around, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah well are we well i think she was sick and then she just wanders around yeah okay i felt that that was a point of they're trying to get undercover stuff that's otherwise why i have the secret buttons on because they're allowed to film the interview because he's allowed that's a good point that is a good point i think maybe they did it just in case there was ever a moment where they were like oh you can't film this one yeah which then if you're making a documentary film you wouldn't be able to use that footage so You would go to jail. Yeah. But then again, I think they're counting on the stuff they're going to find is going to make this guy go to jail. So Anyway, one of the guys goes to check on her and we're left with our main dude interviewing the father and he's talking about the father's relationship with children. He just jumps straight in. He's like, oh, oh and did you mention earlier that we did see the footage of the father on the CCTV slicing his stomach? Yeah. Oh, did we? I missed that. Yeah. yeah. You don't oh, see I him actually that. do it, but you see him pull his shirt up and like move a knife down toward yeah. his belly button. And then so later when the sound guy is miking him up, he's like, there's blood on the mic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That makes sense. Oh, well, yeah. When he did the blood on the mic, I was confused, but it's because I've missed that thing earlier. Yeah. So there you go. Makes sense. Anyway. So, so yeah, our main woman's walking around with her hidden camera, goes into the classroom. And then I guess the mother, I guess, like this woman's like seen as the mother of the children. She comes in yeah. and, and she immediately tells her, you're going to bear beautiful children. <laughs> She's like, Okay. And he's like, meanwhile, saying that he helps people to stay pure by washing away their impurities. And then, yeah, I think, again, this is genuine. I don't know if this is witchcraft, but a battery in the camera, like, runs out. And he's like, oh, shit, we ran out of batteries. We've got to go get another one. Because I don't feel this team would not charge their batteries. They seem on top of things. Mm. So it's a little strange, but whatever. So we're left with just the boom guy with the father in this room. <laughs> I love these bits. I thought it was so funny. Oh, whether they meant to be funny or not, just when they kept cutting back to them, it was hilarious. The guy, before he leaves, as he's interviewing him, I've never been a documentary filmmaker. I've never worked with a documentary filmmaker. But are you not supposed to kind of maintain composure and not show that you lean either way when you're interviewing them? Because he makes it pretty clear he's against what he's doing. Yeah, he acts like a journalist. Yeah. Not like a documentary Is filmmaker. Is that how you meant to interview people for a documentary it's his thing you can make whatever you want to make they're clearly trying to make an agenda-based one Hmm. um 
And then we're going to get into the existential thing of documentaries and what is uh, what is well, every documentary is agenda based right. as soon as you edit it or do anything with it. You but know, I feel like if you yes, don't show your it. agenda in the interview, you get more information. Yes, yes, yes. He is pushing it for sure. <laughs> uh, but again, I feel like they're almost they're acting like journalists who are trying to do a sting operation to kind of like entrap this person mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. That's what it feels like. So anyway, so he goes to get a battery. Boom guy's left up with the father. In the car, they have the feeds going in the boot remotely, which is a good idea. Wish they could do more with it. Instead, all we get from it is the woman with the hidden camera having a soap opera argument with plaid shirt <laughs> oh, about awful. how it's his baby. And then they shout at each other and then she gets all upset. She's like, fine, I'll tell Malik myself. And walks that bit's off. awful. And that's the bit I was talking about where we're getting his, does he have a hidden camera? Because we you have a shot of him over. looking down at the, the Yeah, Platt does, for sure. And this is where I realized, because yeah, when I watched the raid, the raid is just action from the get-go. And it's fantastic. The raid 2 is a much bigger movie. And it has even better action when the action comes in. But around that, it's got like this godfather operatic drama tale going on. Crime drama. And I really don't like that section of it. Like those bits of the raid 2 for me, the drama just doesn't work it feels so soap opery for me and i don't like it and as i'm watching this i'm like yes this is how i feel again like throughout this section i know so not to spoilers but this is one of the most beloved segments of all the vhs franchise people talk about this segment a lot Mm. and as i'm watching this i'm like i couldn't remember the first time i saw this and i was like why do people like this it's just so soap opery like nothing interesting is happening it's very long like i just wasn't into it at this point at all and yeah when they have that baby conversation i'm just like come on it is necessary the baby conversation that's what we're gonna learn bells start ringing and we enter silent hill Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially uh the father then gets on the tannoy system starts announcing to the children that they're all going to follow him months and even years have finally come to these final steps plaid guys wandering around and finds a spooky area with some like like plastic sheets with blood on them and then the woman sees the kids being handed out drinks and then plaid comes across an operating room of sorts with a person covered in blooded rags with their legs spread yeah and it's gonna start getting icky from this point out yep because uh, she wakes up and her belly is cut wide open yeah mm. it's really nasty like really oh, yeah. nasty which i do want to ask you now right now what's the deal with this one <laughs> Because presumably it's all leading to this day, like he says, and this woman who's going to be our woman from our team, who's then used to give birth to this demon that we're going to see. What's the deal with this one? Who's there with her belly open? That was just a trial run. <laughs> just checking. Uh, dress rehearsal. They had dress rehearsal yesterday. <laughs> dress rehearsal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really strange. Anyway, the father starts just undressing in front of the boom guy <laughs> and shows he's got his symbols cut on his belly and then he decides to kill the boom guy. Because the boom um, guy keeps interrupting him, doesn't he? Yeah. He does, he does. He's like, stop talking. And then some kids in masks come, they take away our pregnant woman and she's now being filmed by them, which I like the switcheroo that happens. And it all starts feeling a little chaotic. You're not sure how crazy it's going to go. Malik then finds all the kids dead in this classroom so he runs back through everywhere uh, he runs into a room of men who all have guns to their heads and then they blow themselves like they kill themselves at the same time it's yeah. really cool imagery 
Someone else then starts shooting at plaid guy. We blow his head off. There's a fucking cool shot as the head explodes. And then like, you look down, it's just like a concave face. Oh, it's fucked up. Fuck it just goes up. fucking bad shit. Uh, three more men that come at us. Uh, they knock us out. Plaid runs to save Malik from execution. This is fucking dark. You're like, he hears all these gunshots going off. And he's got a line of people and Malik's there about to be shot. And he turns up. And, f- and it's really weird because the killer then doesn't seem to want to kill plaid because he's the father of this child essentially but it's really fucking dark the way like malik doesn't seem to want to be saved either <laughs> he's like no it's fine because malik doesn't know that they wouldn't kill plaid yeah yeah so surely in his brain it's like no just fucking run go go yeah. go <laughs> instead he's like no no let me you'll be fine let them just kill me <laughs> <laughs> but really dark and then the guy turns, he kills Malik and then turns to Plaid and says, it's been an honor to meet you, sir. And it blows his own head off. Um, and in the distance, we start to hear a woman screaming. And then all the girls are like carrying this woman, following the father now who's, who's naked in his underpants, covered in blood, singing. <laughs> Doing some like wood nymph dance. <laughs> Do you Fucking know what I mean? He's like just sprightly and all like, whoa. <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> And then, yeah, like, they, they take her into this room. Plaid then runs towards this door that they went through, and then it just blows up, but there's an explosion from the room. He's lying on the floor, and we see someone that crawls across the ceiling of the room. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what that's about. Then Father walks out just covered in blood and says, it is fulfilled, then just implodes. Yep. Well, explodes, I guess, with spontaneous combustion. Uh, she just goes fucking nuts. It's like everything they can possibly do. It's like anything. Just do it. Plaid then runs over to our woman who's on the table looking a lot more pregnant. And he starts like there are four women holding him down, holding her down. And he just starts ripping their arms off. <laughs> yeah. So are their arms like glued to the table? Because he's just, just like, pu- he's like pushing will. them off. He's like pushing them. And their arms, and their just arms are snapping. I think it's by the power of the demon. Just like keeping them in place. It's fucking cool. The arms are just ripping off. I love it. Um, and now she's got all these scars and a pregnant belly as what I don't love, a CGI something moving inside the pregnant belly. Yep. Yeah. And then a fucking blade just comes. Well, you think it's a blade. You're going to find out it's a horn. <laughs> <laughs> just comes out from inside her pregnant belly. Uh, Katie was squirming quite a lot through this stuff. Like she was like half paying attention, half not. And then as this stuff started happening, I just like looked over, just saw her face was fully cautiously just like looking at the screen. <laughs> um, and yeah. And then a full on demon just steps out of her pregnant belly with like a fucking huge sort of sheep head, sheep slash like goat ram. head. Yeah. Kind of like, like a ram. ram horns and his knife unicorn horn. Looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. That just looked really bad as soon as all of this started happening i was kind of just like okay i'm ready for this one to be over like as soon as i realized it was actually supernatural and going in this direction i started to lose interest i was the exact opposite really i was like (laughs) i'm literally on a journey of writing down i'm so bored to writing down oh shit just got nuts (laughs) writing down oh i love it to oh writing down oh this looks terrible i wasn't loving it but i i am at least interested in like learning about cults and learning about those types of groups so i was like i don't love the writing here but at least it's like maybe they'll do something cool with it at the end and then as soon as it started going this direction i was like okay i'm not interested anymore 
If you want a good found footage feature film on cults, watch The Sacrament, which uh, we talked about before. But that's Ty West, um, yeah, House of the Devil, and then the Innkeeper's director. That's well worth. That's yeah. a good one, worth watching. Uh, I fucking love this shit. Like when this starts going crazy again, it's like the raids. Like when they do martial arts in the raid. For starters, it's amazing martial arts, but they're super violent with it. Like it's really nasty. Not goofy nasty like this. You know, it's like a, you really wince in the raid. But I'm full on for like, yeah, just go nuts, <laughs> and they go, they amp this to like fucking way past 11 like it's just so insane that i'm having a great time with the end of this did you notice when the woman was on the woman that gave birth was on that table it went to sort of a wide shot that was looking up the angle was kind of looking up towards the thing as the goat man was coming out and it had like the legs coming off the table which just looked so fake <laughs> Yes. Did you notice yeah, it's like yeah. little scarecrow legs? <laughs> but this, but this thing, these things just remind me, it's, like it's, it's almost all practical. That's why the CGI was disappointing because you could have done the fake belly and had something move around. It's almost yeah. all practical. And it just takes me back to old, like, yeah, the original Evil Dead days. It's like, yeah, just got some indie filmmakers. Let's just go nuts. Like, let's have fun with shit. Things will look a little fake, but you're just like having fun and the energy is there. Then mm-hmm. um, I'm fine to like celebrate that with them. This air siren goes off in case it wasn't feeling silent hilly enough <laughs> to really like drive that home. And then we're going to bump into our boom guy who's gone full zombie. The classroom now, like everyone who's dead basically is now back as these kind of demonic zombies. Um, the that demon, was really though, cool. I like, I like when down. he first walks past the class that they're all still awake singing again, the teachers yeah. at the front. And it's just like, oh, it's just they're awake, but it's, maybe it's normal. Something's going on. And then, yeah, they're all demon zombies. It's cool. Yeah, this demon chasing down like is fucking hilarious, and then he just like opens the door, and it's just someone having doggy sex while blood is like yeah. spraying yeah. out. Everywhere. <laughs> I was like, "What is happening? Why are they fucking?" It's fucking nuts. Um, yeah, and then Malik has gone zombie too. Uh, sorry, not Malik. Not Malik. Was it Malik? You plaid guy, you called him. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. But the the, the lead shirt. guy. Oh yeah. Sorry, Malik. Yep. Malik. He's gone full zombie too. But we escape him, get out to the car, it's locked, so we smash our way in, cameras then repositioned so we can look at us and outside the back window as we drive away with the demon like roaring in the background. I really liked it, this bit. I liked oh, this getaway the, shot. The demon just like T-bones the car. So that was sped up, I think. Probably. That yeah. footage, it looked a bit sort of... A little janky. Yeah. We cut to black, we wake up and we're upside down in the car like bleeding out. Um, and we crawl out and the demon's on top of the car peering okay. over don't show the demon here don't nope. show that fake goat head in this bit it ruined it it was so it. good the sounds <laughs> I was just rolling my eyes that it wasn't over yet at this point as soon as he opened his eyes again I was like fuck I mean I'm still on board I liked when he that yeah he opened his eyes he was still under the car loved the grunting the sounds him coming out just don't have the little <laughs> Demon mask head, goat head peering over. I'm totally for it. It's so dumb. It's so bad. <laughs> and then the wings come out. Well, this is what this is where we're at now. And I'm just like, you're either on board with that or you're not. Like, I'm not, this is not a subtle, like, you know, this is just nuts. This is just people with costumes having fun. And I'm fine with it. Particularly then because the demon literally calls him Papa. <laughs> Does it? I yes. missed that. He calls him Papa. I mean, they're going for stupid. Like, they're going for just like, how nuts and fun can we be here? Um, and he is, look, Blair Witch Project, obviously Heather Donahue, great credits for the snot shot, like it, what really made that film in the marketing. This dude, <laughs> snot on a different level. Snot and dribble. It's gross. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yeah, it really icked Katie out. 
And then we just end. He's going to be a happy family. It's not on a different level. It's not on a different <laughs> level. Uh, yeah, it's going, to, it's going to be a nice happy family. Got your demon goat. Got your papa. Mama's probably not going to be okay after that. <laughs> but, um, and we're out. All right. Uh, so again, I'm telling you now, obviously everyone has different opinions, but the genre bubble tends to be like, that's everyone's favorite. Like people fucking love it. Interesting. Uh, which again when I'm halfway through it I'm thinking do people just really just they're so into the raid at that point that they were just like anything that he touches we love but then when I got to the end it's like okay I get it yeah I mean I really I really enjoyed it I don't think it's necessarily my favorite of these ones so far it's not my favorite it's not my favorite but I'm I'm on board for the ending Uh, we're back in the room Corduroy returns but she's lying down now because you know sleepy so he shouts for help doesn't no open the front home. door to shout for You're, help. You broke no. into an empty house. <laughs> so I don't know if I was imagining it or not, but there's a bit here when you have the shot of him front on and you have the doorway behind him where it looked like there was almost sort of like a Slender Man style shadow. It just looked like this long legs and body going up hmm. the wall. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how many subtle things were put into VHS2, to be honest. <laughs> but maybe there's a tape in front of her so like yeah he's there and he's like oh shit she looks like she might be dead uh he's you know w- wants to help her he's been making not the best decisions so far but okay ones it's like she should probably get her to a hospital oh wait there's a vhs tape that says watch on it maybe i should do that first and it will give me cpr instructions like what's he <laughs> fucking doing i think because it says watch in blood he's like oh this must be a clue from her i have to watch this in order to save her it makes it makes absolutely no sense. I agree. It's so sense. so bewildering. Katie then at this point, by the way, she starts laughing, and I was like, "What are you laughing about?" And she just went, "The entire situation." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that is valid." And we're into our final piece. Titles, please. Uh, <laughs> I wrote, "I'm sick of POV at this point." <laughs> I called this one, this dog better not die. Oh. If I, if I hadn't known the title, I would have called it what the new season of Stranger Things should be, basically. This is Stranger Things and found, found footage. <laughs> Which, to be fair, this is all obviously before Stranger Things. It's called Slumber Party Alien Abduction. Woo-hoo! That's exactly what it Jason. is. Very straightforward. It is. It's directed by Jason Eisner, who would direct Hobo with a Shotgun. It's sort of written by John Davies and it's starring Riley Eisner as Tank, Rylan Logan as Gary, Samantha Gracie as Jen, Cohen King as Randy. I'm not sure what the name of the dog is. Sorry. Seeing the making of this was a lot of fun. All the test shoots of them putting cameras on their dog because they did a lot of it's genuine. I thought it must be some puppet thing. A lot of it, no, it's genuine. Well, I was staring at the dog to try to see if it, because the fur almost looks fake, but then you could like kind of see the ear like twitching at some points. And I was like, I think that's really the dog. Yes. The majority of it was, was indeed the dog. Well done. So we're going to cut to, yeah, we cut to somewhere sunny, whole different vibe, which again, I really, I do appreciate with this, like we're getting different vibes from each one, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, dogs got a camera on him. Two kids are dressed as robots. I'm getting like a flight of the Concords feel here. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate. The parents are heading off. And then two fucking like, well, a bunch of douches. Because <laughs> no, the parents heading out of town. We've got like quite a lot of people because we've got the young group, which is like the kid brother and then his friends. 
and then there's he's got an older sister who's then got her friends coming over um for more of an adult time and the fucking two douches who get out of the car are just amazing they just immediately like kick over the kids toys <laughs> as they're walking in to go to the sister yeah and he doesn't even have a shirt on he's just got like <laughs> he's got his letterman jacket on and yeah. no shirt underneath <laughs> amazing uh i gotta say i'm immediately <laughs> i'm immediately into this one from the beginning because like cool some kids into it sunny into it and we got like douchebag like jocks like i'm this is a subgenre of stuff which i can enjoy for sure yeah, yeah. i was 100 percent into it too and i thought the kids like the young group were all very believable and sincere which i like is what really drew me in because it just reminded me of the summers when i was 13 14 with friends and you'd get a camera and you just do stupid stuff like that and run around and you know, it, it felt it all just felt very genuine to me. Yeah, I think the kids did a great job. I also think the writing for the kids was really good, and it does feel very. Yeah. I know this was 2013, but it does feel similar to the dialogue of like the kids from Stranger Things or the remake of It, where they are very like playful with each other and poke fun at each other and are saying shit like, "Dude, your sister's so fucking hot," and just kind of their yeah. camaraderie that they have is is really fun. Which, yeah. to be fair, is classic Spielbergian, like, 80s, 90s, like, kids, Goonies, like, all of that stuff, yeah. you know. Um, which, again, I find it so strange. Like, they so missed the era. They were so too ahead of their time when they released Super 8 because Super 8 was, like, the beginnings of all of that, the celebration of the Spielberg era before it became cool again with Stranger Things in it and stuff. But anyway, and I feel like this maybe missed its era a little bit as well by being too early because I've never heard anyone really talk about this section. They're always talking about the previous one. Mm. But yeah, this is the most authentic feeling for me, straight off the bat. Like, this feels yep. more like a genuine found footage rather than film found footage. And so they're all hanging out in the lake. I love this stuff. I think they fill some with the, the front like water balloons. I think they fill something with piss, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool yep. underwater shot as someone jumps in and you see that there's like a weird alien fish boy thing yeah. behind him. Yeah. Like, that, was, that was such a great reveal. I didn't yeah. need, there's a bit of sound effects with it, which is like, at that point, it's like, if you take the sound effects out, I don't need that, you know, because it's already like enough to see the imagery. Uh, and I do it's, like yeah, it's, it's that sort of murky brown sort of lake water as well. Uh, yeah. And then Katie was genuinely laughing when we cut to one of the kids trapped. He's been trapped in the dog cage. In the cage. cage. <laughs> that made me laugh too. It was so good. It's hilarious. Oh, and they're like spraying him um, with silly string. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it all feels so sincere. Yeah. To just sort of like what young teenage boys would be doing. And like a relationship kind of, that that age difference would cause between yeah. like a sister and younger brother. Yeah, I was genuinely like, this is a paranormal activity I want to watch <laughs> this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we're cutting to them, these kids like shooting his sister about to have sex with a guy in a room. And they're like, holy shit, your, your sister is hot. Like, Shut the fuck up. So is your mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just all so base and so stupid. Yeah. But I love it. And then there's honestly, this bit's the highlight of VHS 2 for me. It's like, they're all like, wait, 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 wait. she's going to have sex. She's going to have sex. And then they just burst into the room, <laughs> put on music, have like a disco ball or whatever, and all just start dancing. Oh my God. The kid, the smallest one in the red shirt is the funniest against the wall. He's just like going like this. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. But then out of nowhere as this is happening, you get this sort of earthquake and a huge like... Sort of like a War happening. of the Worlds yes. style. Which none of them seem to react to in this first instance 
Well, I think they picked it well because it's a moment where, yeah, like two of them about to have sex and then all these people jump in. So they've already got stuff they're dealing so it's with. It's already chaotic. And they're not really. And then they think it's an earthquake and then it's diffused by, yeah, the guy she's about to have sex with turning to the kids and going, I'm going to rip your dicks off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they run out to hide by the lake. And I do, I think this is great storytelling. It's like you're pushing us, then you're distracting us. You're pushing them to hide by the lake. Then we get to see some lights going off in the distance. So we know something's about to happen. <laughs> I'm not using, I'm not comfortable using this language, but if it's quoting, I'm okay too. He <laughs> comes out and the guy they were like spying on, it's like fucking faggots can suck my dick. And yeah. one of the little kids just goes, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> see, and it's simple stuff like that where it just feels... It makes this one feel so real. Yeah, it is because very Because it's just sort of like, yeah, just very kind of simple, dumb kind of comebacks. Yeah, and just believable relationships. I was, I was loving it, like, all the way through. Yep. Uh, now the sister and the boyfriend get the camera and they catch the kid jerking off. First bit of sort of not great acting for me is just like, yeah, when the kid's like, you ruin my life if you put this out there. It's like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. What did he say? Because he's like, you were jacking off. And then his friend wakes up and he's like, you were jacking off. Or something yeah. Like that. <laughs> and he's like, fuck you. Fuck you. It's like Randy Handy, the hand job. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to put this all over the internet. To which I wrote down, oh, I thought this was a period piece. I didn't realize the internet was invented in this one because it feels like so nostalgic. This feels so 90s to me. Like, but I guess it is now. Yeah, so they put the camera on the dog again, which makes sense because you can put a camera on a dog, obviously, back then. You have to put a GoPro or something. <laughs> yeah. You put a 90s camera on a dog. <laughs> that dog is dead. <laughs> and then, yeah, we got a second loud drone lights. The house shakes. <laughs> and then one of them goes, Does someone at the door? <laughs> um, and Jack, uh, Zach is, of course, the jock's name. He goes to confront whatever it is with a gun, but he gets got immediately. So now it just kicks off. Well, they, they say that f- there's someone at the door and then like lightning goes off and you see two figures at the door. They're right yeah. by. But then he goes to the front door. Yes. It's very confusing. It is a little confusing. Yeah. I get a that, bit confused with the geography as well. But. That reveal, though, was cool. How they were sort of backlit and then as it pans to the door, yeah. the lights just they fade straight cool. down. Yeah. They look cool. At that point. Yes, here they look cool <laughs> in this shot. I think they could got a little bit too excited. Yeah. The aliens, yes, yeah, suddenly appear, grab the kids. We get this fucking fantastic shot as the kid's dragged away in his sleeping bag. And he's like screaming inside the sleeping bag, which yeah. I really love. Oh, and the dog's yelping. And it was like, oh, God. It's really cool. We keep cutting into the dog cam. He's in the lake now because that's what he'd been dragged out to. Cool sounds and lights. I do like this constant like, tug between the house and the lake. Like, just that transition into water immediately feels threatening anyway. For me, anyway. It's just scary mm-hmm. being in water at nighttime. And a sister and a brother, they're okay. So, they're pulling this body out of water and trying to resuscitate Gary, but he's not breathing. And then we're going to see an alien crawling down the dock towards them. It still looks cool at this point. Yeah. Like, this is all cool stuff. They use, like, again, in the making of, there's some cool things showing how they did a lot of this stuff. And it's, The strobing it's, effect, light effect is really cool here. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are fucking tons of aliens, lights everywhere. Gary wakes up, so they just run to the woods and hide. And this is where the aliens are looking for them. We're going to get a long shot of the aliens here as we get kind of Lord of the Rings moment as they're hiding. But then the dog barks and lets the aliens know where they are. I'm okay. I'm sensing from you, Alex, that you have a, when it lingers too long in the aliens, 
we don't need to see that. I'm normal. I'm kind of with you. I could definitely do with less. My bigger problem is just that I don't like, like the aliens have this sort of like, they just suddenly appear in places, which I really Mm. love. But then there's also these points like now where they're searching for them. And I don't like that idea of like, oh, if you can just hide behind a tree and the alien doesn't know you're there, then it's not that scary for me anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, for me, it was just more the, the, the look. Like once they kind of got too close or they lingered too, too long on them. And there were, and there were also moments where just their physicality of them walking, like it was like, okay, well, you're just guys in suits walking. <laughs> like there's a sort of no consideration of maybe playing around with the physicality a little bit more rather than just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, but there was actually, I was just reading floating. my notes here. I think, so with the zombie one from before, because you asked me if I knew it was Eduardo Sanchez, I guess, yeah, my notes here, I knew that it was Jamie Nash that had written that, but I think I'd forgotten that Eduardo Sanchez had directed that one. And as I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is definitely Eduardo Sanchez. Right, interesting. And I was thinking, because there were moments where I was like, oh, there's, it's just kind of building some of the tension in a way that reminded me a bit of Blair Witch. And then I couldn't help but think of the alien and Four Corners of Fear. And I was like, oh, is he just doing this in his backyard? <laughs> it's the whole alien thing again. And my mind couldn't help but go there. There's a bit, by the way, uh, the uh, in the making of for Eduardo's bit, Ride in the Park, whatever it's called, where for some stupid reason, one of them dead, the others, the director and the DP or something to push over, no, first AD to push over a tree. Which are like, why would you push over a tree? And there's like five minutes of them trying to push over a tree. And then they eventually do. And off camera, you hear this like scream and then Eduardo gets like smacked in the head and you cut back and he's like bleeding and everyone's worried about that. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't push down trees. Leave them alone. Anyway, cops turn up. I fucking love this because yeah, these cops turn up and yeah, the lights just suddenly go black as the cops are approaching and then they just disappear. And I love these moments where these pockets of like otherworldliness and you're like, I don't know what's happening. I feel disorientated. It's like- Yeah, that bit was cool. But I was thinking that they faked the light. Thing. I was thinking that, like that too. Was the, that was the aliens that manipulated those sounds and, yeah, maybe. and blue lights. Maybe. Because it suddenly then goes red and really loud. And then the aliens are trying to kill the dog, but everyone's really worried about it. Everyone's <laughs> really just like very concerned. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, the dog's not going to die. The dog's <laughs> not going to die. And then they run to the barn with the sister, the kid and the dog. The sister gets got as they're crawling up into the attic. It's genuinely kind of tense as like the little kids are scrabbling into the attic. And you see, and this is what I mean, like you see the alien coming up through the hatch. But as the first one's coming up through the hatch, you suddenly see there are other aliens already in the attic. They just like appear. And that's like really just otherworldly and creepy. Um, and then I'm hoping, I'm sitting there going like, please let the roof lift off. Please, please, please. I thought please. it was we about need, to like, take another. off. The sound effects. I fucking love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. I love that suddenly it lifts off and then the kid just gets lifted into the air. Yeah. And it's, it's again, it looks cool in the same way as like VHS1 looked cool when he got lifted in the air. But here it's in like so much adrenaline going by this point. And then, yep, another thing falling to the floor. But as you're falling, you're realizing, hang on, the camera's on the dog. And then, yep, hits the floor. You're going to get the classic found footage ending of like a camera filming the person dying on the floor. But it's the dog. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, not wanting the dog to die like Ali. The whimpers were enough, but then we had to bloody see it. I know. Oh, <laughs> my God. And then it was breathing. So right now I'm wounded, but not dead. And then it stops. You're like, dead. <laughs> dead. Dead confirmed. <laughs> dead confirmed. 
which is really like honestly kind of brave of them um in a weird way it's so weird that we're more sensitive about that but yeah i think it's uh kind of cool and brave because i've never seen that done like that before thinking back on this one now having you having had you just recap it i fucking loved it i yeah. really this loved one's a lot of fun. It. I, I love it i really love this one and it took me completely by surprise because again i knew i'd seen this all before but i'd forgotten it all i remembered the biking in the woods a little bit and i remembered a bit of the raid one and i knew people loved the raid so much so after the raid i was like okay well now we're just gonna get another shitty one so it really took me by surprise to get for me like a real highlight uh, so we come back to the wraparound. This time we are going to get an actual wraparound. We're going to end <laughs> on it as we should have the first time. Corduroy's looking sad because he just saw a dog die. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Corduroy. The only Corduroy. way you You like cut to his face. He's like, oh. <laughs> also, she might be dog. dead. <laughs> like there's someone dying next to you. <laughs> the file finishes playing on the laptop and the kid on it says he's ready. He said, I know a lot of you know my mother. So we're getting into now. It was all set up to bring these people to the house. Uh, he says, she supports my decision. Time for me to take a tape for my, make a tape for myself. And then he shoots his own head off. Uh, kind of. And then he gets, well, yeah, he seems to. And then he gets back up, but his jaw's hanging off. His tongue's hanging out. And then, yep, what's well, a great, it's a great piece of like, like classic horror writing. You watch him ro- walk into the other room. And then as he's walking into the other yeah. room, you see our people walk in from the scene that we saw earlier. Yeah. Always a fantastic shiver moment to have something like that. The, the makeup on him is really good. Yeah. He's it, like looks cool. it was showing up as really dark on my screen. So I, I actually couldn't tell that his tongue was hanging out. I just kind of saw like this triangle shape of like skin and blood. So it, it almost, he just kind of looked like Davy Jones from Pirates to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great look. You might want to adjust your contrast. I know. Uh, Allie. It was daytime. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, then the woman bolts upright, jumps onto Corduroy. He breaks her neck to escape. She starts doing like an exorcist style spider walk towards yep. him. Uh, so he hides in a closet. He's, he's got her handgun. I love this. Like she peers her head around and the split second she does, he's just like, yep. <laughs> he's like shoots her. But then he turns in the closet. And of course, that's the closet that the kid had walked and crawled into he's there with the kid uh who gets him takes the camera gives a thumbs up <laughs> oh why like why, did that, why did we have to have that at the end why then we're, we're out so funny uh and they don't we're out to end credits once again with footage but without any looping of boobs really we have flashes of boobs yeah there Towards are flashes the of of there are flashes yeah, yeah. But it's not but like you finish not, and then like, oh yeah, let's let's boomerang yeah, that no, fucking no. shot. But they still why the thumbs up, guys? Why? <laughs> well, I don't know why the thumbs up. Uh, he's pleased with himself. So we are, yeah, we're creating an infrastructure here, right? We're creating a universe. Yes. With the VHS, with this kid now, with his mother being some form of part of it, with these paintings, pictures on the mantelpiece, maybe of the old man from VHS one, maybe of someone else. Did they know they were going to do VH viral, VHS viral the next year? Not sure. Uh, will it all tie together next week? Excited to find out. But before then, we have to tackle how you both got along with VHS two. Let's start with Alex this week. So yeah, as I sort of said earlier, this movie delivered everything that I had wanted coming off the back of the last one. You know, I wanted something had a bit more sort of connective tissue between the shorts and the wraparound short. 
Um, I wanted the writing and the stories to be a little bit more refined and the characters to be a bit more developed and to have sort of a bit more polish to it, I guess, um, and a less thrown together feeling. And I feel like with this, I got that across the board on all the films. And as I said before, you know, with that, you do lose, you do sort of give up and sacrifice a little bit either the authenticity of it uh, or the feeling that you were talking about, Al, about it feeling more like snuff films. And so that's the kind of the balance, I, I feel, that you kind of have to get with found footage. Some of the, these films do, some of the shorts in this do do it better than others. My least favorite sort of by far was the first one, the I one. For me, that is just, yeah, too, too polished, too planned, you lose all sort of sense of authenticity. It does feel like a Black Mirror episode. Um, the ghosts were not really scary or interesting, but you know, but it was technically um, better than what we had seen before previously, and the writing was better, um, but just definitely wasn't to to my taste. Saying that, all the other three also different from each other, but really, really enjoyable. You know, at this point in time, my my favorites like pretty much side by side are definitely the the zombie one and the alien abduction um the zombie one i disliked it because it was such a fresh um and great idea to see a zombie film from that perspective and i thought the pacing of that was really great um and it was just a lot of fun and really exciting and then the last one with the kids as we just said they had great chemistry it was all very sincere and authentic the dynamics between all the kids i thought the sound design was really great and i thought um the build-up to the abduction and the ending as awful as it was with the dog dying was really 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 cool so you know overall i really enjoyed i really enjoyed this one i appreciated that they are trying to kind of bring in a a law to this sort of world and this universe. Um, even if it can feel a little bit contrived, I think it just gives the whole thing a bit more cohesion, which the first one was lacking. So yeah, moving forward, I think I would just like to see more of this. I would like to see more invention with how they can, you know, always play that line of, of where the authenticity sits with still being inventive and creative and bringing in interesting new stories. So that's the kind of challenge that I'd like to see. But it's such a it's such a tricky thing. Obviously, it's called VHS viral, so I'm guessing it's all like internet uploaded videos, which I think gives you a huge gamut of like quality of what they look like, how they're filmed. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 interested to see how they how they do that and how they continue to to build on on this sort of this mythology that they that they have started to create in this. But yeah, overall, this was. This was pretty fun. I would probably recommend people dive into this one if they were going to uh, pick between one and two. Interesting. Allison. Yeah, I'm similar to you, Alex. I enjoyed this one a lot more than the first one. I feel like all the things that I was asking for or wanted in the next one, they, for the most part, did in this. We got rid of all the you know, stereotypical tropes of douchey men in every single short, which I appreciate. All the shorts were pretty diverse from each other, which was a pleasant surprise. Um, even if not all of them were my taste, I was happy to at least have different stories being told. 
in the first one, I only had one favorite, really, that I would watch again or recommend people watch. Uh, I know, Al, you definitely have two. Alex, maybe you do too. But this one, I definitely have two that I like, and it's the same ones Alex likes, the A Ride in the Park and Slumber Party Alien Abduction. A Ride in the Park is my favorite. So that tied in with the Halloween one from the first one, I think are the most fun for me and the ones that I enjoy the most. Phase one clinical trial, I think, is pretty bad. It's I was happy to be in a different type of mood and a different type of tone, but yeah, the acting is pretty bad. The writing's pretty bad. The makeup is not scary as soon as you see what the ghosts look like. So that definitely takes you out of it. A ride in the park. I don't usually... I feel rather indifferent towards zombie things. I don't like watching people vomit. They usually do in zombie movies, so I didn't love that part, but I think it just they just keep amping up the fun in like every minute. Uh, so I really enjoyed that one. Safe Haven was like a little bit boring at the start, but like I said, I'm fascinated by cults. I'm fascinated by different types of groups that have you know a scary story underlying. So I was interested to see where it was going, but yeah, as soon as it they confirmed that it was supernatural and it was these things were happening and became more ritualistic. I kind of lost interest, but it's interesting, I guess. I could see why people would like it. And then Slumber Party Alien abduction is, is great, even if the dog died. So are you happy that there's more Ellie or do you wish this was the end? I... No, last I'm, week you were not. You were clearly right, like, I was like, I wish we were well, I was, this. I was. Anytime that, anytime we do one of these podcasts and something bad happens in one installment, and I ask for something different in the next one, they always deliver in the wrong way. So I was almost <laughs> hesitant to say what I wanted from this one, just because I have PTSD from that not turning out well. But this one delivered. I'm really happy with what this one was. I'm, I, I do have the same worry with the third one, just because the more you get involved in sequels, they usually turn out not great. But for the third one, now that we have this thread of this boy who seems to have some sort of plan, he needed those tapes to be played in a certain order. He gave the thumbs up that whatever his plan was is, is doing well. So I'm, I'd like to kind of find out what is tying the first two movies together and what the third one is how the third one's going to be tied in i am confused about the timeline if we had tape 49 in this and tape 56 in the first one but the tech in this one is newer than the tech in the first one and they confer like the halloween one is from the late 90s so i'm not totally sure where we're supposed to be set or if maybe the tapes can be from different years and that doesn't really matter as much for whatever this boy's plan is or whatever he's involved in. Um, Maybe Alex is correct. Time, time travel. travel will be all that the third one's yeah, about. Tech time travel. So It could just be like the number of copies of that particular tape. That's true. Hmm. But it seems that, yeah, I do think it was a bad naming convention to call it tape 49 if the last one was tape 56. But. Yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't have been that hard just to go like tape 62 or something. But <laughs> so yeah, whatever. I guess just answers and a nice bow on top when the franchise ends. Good luck for bows on top um, <laughs> with any franchise, no matter anthology. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think actually if any anthology. You had Creepshow, I guess, at three. ABC's of Death at two, I think. I mean, three, I think, is the cap for anthology movies, having a franchise. Um, I have seen the next one. I don't remember much of it, but we'll get to that in a little bit of, in a little second. Uh, I'm glad we're all sort of on the same page. I feel the same way. It's like, this is doing a more coherent job of what it was meant to be doing. It's also shorter, which is appreciated. Each segment is very different from each other. People are less reprehensible in things. However, yeah, I do think that comes at a sacrifice. It's like, other than the alien abduction one, which is erring towards feeling a little bit more authentic, despite how obviously crazy it is, these all feel like films. They all feel very cinematic. And I don't necessarily mean in a budgeted way, but, you know, but just in like, these are actors acting or directors acting. And this is all set up and filmed, you know, like a set. And yeah, when I watch like some of the making of the first one, or the phase one, uh, yeah, you see them shooting it like a normal film, essentially, you know, uh, which I think is the wrong way to go. I do think found footage is like, no, you need to sacrifice all of that stuff. You have to film it authentically. I do really believe that that's how you do it, which they did do with that last one. They put it on a dog for a lot of it, you know, and like they did some cool tricks. But so, yeah, I mean, I still, I, again, I think the wraparound is more intelligently written for what it needs to be. I don't find it as effective as the previous one. The first one, like really like, put me in a mood and a tone that felt real which i appreciated because then it felt like i'd found a vhs tape in a thrift store or something and put it in this one obviously feels like a movie but it has an ending that sets up a sequel and ties out this one so it does the job better the first one doesn't do it for me at all i get why some people would like it it's just not my thing and the second one the ride in the park definitely a highlight it just gets better and better as you go along really enjoy that one quite a lot um the third one i get again yes i don't like the foot it's just way too long for me and the opening stuff just rambles for ages and i'm not really into it a bit so poppery then when it kicks off i'm having a ball like i'm fucking loving Papa. it <laughs> i'm loving it when it kicks off and then yeah to like after that we get my favorite of this one my favorite of this one is definitely the the alien abduction one i think it's great um right now it's like right up there that's my favorite that we've seen so far in the VHS series. And I hope that something is of similar level next week. But so far for me, for people following along with which ones I'm personally picking to put into the roster. And I'm glad, but I think we're all on roughly the same pages with our picks. It's just some might be slightly higher or lower, you know. But yeah, I'm definitely picking the bookended ones from last week. Uh, not necessarily wraparound yet. We'll decide that when we get to the end. But the bookend in terms of the one with the siren, uh, uh, succubus, succubus lady. And then, yeah, the last one. Uh, with the Halloween party and then in this one yep definitely going to pick the last one and I'm pretty sure I'll end up picking unless everything next week is quality <laughs> I'll probably end up picking a ride in the park as well because um, I think those two like so how many do we have to have for the geek supercut will it be well, four or three that's four no it'll be like probably five because most okay. of these would have like between four or five four to six depending on if you count the wraparound or not and it depends how long they are we'll look at how long it is because one thing i appreciate this week is yeah it was a bit shorter quite a bit shorter next week it's going to get a little shorter again even though i, th I think oh actually i think maybe there's the same amount there's like five pieces next week yeah that's the same with the wraparound i don't know we'll make a judgment call when we get to the wraparound but at the moment i'm just picking like yeah there are four ones that i think are really solid and offer different flavors which i think is really cool Mm -hmm. um, and I'm genuinely kind of excited. Like if we get one or two next week that are cool, it could be like a really cool, like that would be definitely the version. I'll be like, yeah, people have to, you've got to watch this, like all the highlights from VHS. Okay. But before we talk about next week, 
again please do subscribe please do rate us it does help us out a whole damn bunch and we will be streaming uh these shows weekly probably maybe who knows um if we can be bothered and if it keeps working <laughs> which things just stopped working right now so hard to tell um <laughs> alex is waving his phone at me but yeah we will be doing it so please do follow me on all the social medias mr al white um also on xbox also on playstation my switch code is up there somewhere in my images on twitter not that far back al um, we do have some questions by the way oh we have some questions cool yeah. well, let's give our handles first and then we can jump into the questions okay uh so yeah follow me and then you can find out where you can come and watch us on the zooms leave your questions um, as some of these lovely people have done. Uh, and that's about it. Alex. Yeah, find me on Twitter and Instagram. That's usually where I'm hanging out, at Alexander Chard, C-H-A-R-D. Alison. You can find me on Instagram at Ali Sue, Ali with a Y. Alex, Sue what have we got? With we have an any, S. Do we have any questions? Sue with an S, yes. We do have a couple of questions. Um, let's start off with first one here. Um, as Hollywood insiders, what advice would you give to <laughs> directors acting in their own movies, whether as, Breen or Branner? As in we live, Alex, you're the one who lives closest to Hollywood, so you're the closest <laughs> to being inside it. Uh, what advice would I give to directors acting in their own movies? Make sure you can act, <laughs> I, think, I think is the first point. I think the challenge, if you're an actor, and this this works as well if you're a writer and you're uh, acting in something you've written, or if you're an actor, uh, director, and you're directing, I think my advice, and this is something that's been told to me as well, is just know... Uh, because they don't do it. <laughs> no, you know, don't. Well, probably don't do it, but also like be be smart about whether you have the uh, capacity to do something like that but then also just be aware of uh which hat you're wearing and when when you have to be in your directing shoes when you have to be in your acting shoes and to have the right people and voices around you to give you the right sort of uh criticism and advice as you go along because otherwise you can just get caught up in your yourself and your own ego and i think that can often skew skew your work i'll echo that for sure like i've um so when I was in school and doing plays and stuff, I only got into my high school because of an acting piece that I did in play. And they gave me like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Where you get part of your money paid for, whatever. Um, Grant? Yeah. Scholarship? Sort of like a, yeah, a scholarship. They gave me a scholarship because of that. And then I moved from trying to do anything with acting into directing because I was just more comfortable there. And that's how I wanted to tell stories. Um, and I'm just not very good. But I have like a role in something I'm trying to do right now, which I'm considering taking myself for it just because like kind of want to and it just feels right for what the role is and stuff and it's only in a short film so it's not like a feature or something where you're going to really embarrass yourself or something you can test the waters a little bit and my worries from when i've tried it before just even in music videos that you're directing is exactly what you're saying it is that swapping of the hat it's like not allowing your head mm. to be preoccupied when you're in front of the camera with all the things you're thinking about behind the camera and i yeah. personally am do did find that very difficult to adjust like that's even disregarding if you can act or not you know um but i would say like look at the people look at the directors from the end of last week's episode and they're all great and a lot of that was because they just have that chemistry together and they were able yeah. to be themselves on camera like if alex and i did a found footage film together like I can't act and Alex is an excellent actor, but we could probably bring something out of each other where we can just be ourselves in front of the camera and then edit it in a way yeah. that it's compelling, you know, maybe. 
maybe who knows um let's try it but I, so i think i think found footage offers yet yeah, its own difficulties and challenges with being in front of the camera as an actor or a director you know that's yeah. whoever you are um ali and, and uh, you know with found footage also depending on i guess your preparation and how you prepare i think often as a director Blair Witch project is a perfect example of this where their direction is merely there to guide the actors who are then essentially directing the film. Yes. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other challenge in itself. Yeah. And I do appreciate that. I do appreciate, it. I do think that again, that's a problem I have with some of these is like, I don't think you should have a cameraman. I think, yes, those should be the actors in the film. Yeah, yeah. Like you should keep it that authentic. And that's a tricky yeah, Cause it's an extension right. of their performance essentially. Exactly. Um, next question. This is a big one. So I don't know if we, We'll get around to answering this now, perhaps towards the end of next episode. But it says your perfect VHS anthology using relatively self-contained scenes from existing horror and science fiction films. Fucking hell. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we'll come back to that in the wrap There's some up. homework for you guys. <laughs> okay, that's a bit much. That's a bit much. Um, and last question we have is, what would you like to see more of or less of in VHS viral? I think we answered that. I want to see... Um, yeah. I want it to be good. <laughs> I want to see more goodness. I want to see less directors acting. I really want to just <laughs> I see. Agree. I want to see more penises and more boobs. More penises, really less boobs, less directors acting. But in this one, how many boobs do we have in this one? You had the squeeze at the beginning, which is yeah, it was more so the beginning. Necessary. I think we had uh, and then Robo Eye. The, yeah, the first two. The first yes, that's two. It. That was it. Which again, right at the beginning. So take out the I first one. I could have done without the that. flashes at but the end. You know what? To be fair, this one. You know, we got boobs very quickly in the first one, even quicker in this one. So mm. I'm hoping the very first frame. <laughs> opening shots. Just boobs <laughs> and a dick. <laughs> we nearly had equal amount of boobs and penis in this film, which is quite rare in horror. Like, that's quite impressive, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm hoping for more of both of those, really. And that's, yeah, that's, that's it as far as questions go today. Next week, then, we are doing VHS Viral, as we were just talking about. Now, I have seen it. I can only remember two things about it, honestly. One is a certain shot from one of the shorts, and I won't say it. And the other is that the wraparound has a lot more energy. A lot more energy. Which, if then it's how I remember it, this one or the head, first one? Any or of both. Them. Okay. Anything okay. ever. Um, <laughs> which, if it is how it is in my head, makes me excited to go back to it. But I've been wrong at least 5,000 times before, so it's entirely possible. I'm going to say one thing that I kind of appreciate. Yeah, these two were like done back to back and obviously a lot of the same, well, not almost back to back. And a lot of the same people came back to like fast track VHS2. VHS Viral, yeah, sure, it's the next year. We've got almost an entirely new team, like new directors across the board, new writers across the board. So we've got the director who did The Apparition. Mm, I doubt either of you have seen it. It's not great. Uh, we do have though a director who's, fantastic who did a film called time crimes which i love and did colossal you know that film yeah. with anne hathaway yep. there he's doing one we've got the director of dance of the dead which is a really cool low budget uh zombie rom-com uh, sort of zombie comedy which i really like that movie when i saw it he also though i've just learned did siren which was the spin-off of last week's opening one that alex says he might watch for the wrap-up i'm gonna watch <laughs> it for the wrap-up i gotta be honest it looks bad so I'm concerned now because I thought I liked this director. We have the director who did Dead Girl and Totem, which we have very personal ties to, but I'm not going to reveal them. 
So like it's a mixed bag. The colossal time crimes thing I think is a big thing. Uh, Dance of Dead maybe. Dead Girl and Totem maybe. The apparition not so exciting. We do have Benson and Moorhead though, who are two like wonderful people and great directors. Always make interesting work, whether you love it or hate it. Always got some cool ideas. So there's some cool pedigree coming in next week, and it's all fresh, which I'm excited for because hopefully they will have had a couple of years maybe to like see vhs have some ideas do a pitch process during vhs to be brought in and you know have some fresh takes on what can be done to finish off this franchise i was just thinking like for a director and a writer if if you wanted to do a found footage but not commit to a whole feature this would be like such a great opportunity yeah just to be able to do something nice and short and kind of get that out of your system <laughs> again i genuinely don't like generally don't like uh, short films and horror short films particularly because that's all about the slow build and you can't do that with a short film but mm. if we could do a found footage short i would kind of like you know i would relish that challenge i think there's some cool things you could do vhs4 wreck <laughs> all right wreck four. or or we just or we, once uh, quarantine's over we film one and we put it we drop it in the we are geeks vhs yeah we just add it in <laughs> Yeah, why not? Can it be uh, the kind of stop motion one that you're creating with the photos? With film photos? Wait, it's stop motion now? I mean, not. it can be stop motion if you want to take pictures. <laughs> I think you just told him. I think you just told him it is. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'll it is. I'll buy you more film. You can make two. Are you producing this now, Allie? <laughs> yeah. Are you uh, running the show? I bought yeah, the camera. Yeah, we're going to need a lot more film, Allie. <laughs> a lot more film. Everybody, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We'll see you next Friday. I'll hear you next. We won't see you. Whatever the fuck. We'll be back next Friday to talk about VHS file. No, you won't. Uh, You'll hear us. You won't because by the time you hear this, it'll have happened. Yeah. Tough. We'll be recording something else so you can watch that. I don't fucking know. Next Friday, we'll be back. Until then, we're out, geeks. (laughs) Geeks. Geeks. (laughs)